Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hey, welcome in. Happy Thursday. One day closer to the weekend. Hours closer to bad football tonight, but hours closer to Saturday and Sunday full slate. We'll dive into it here, hanging out with you. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Deitchin producing today's effort. And as always on this Thursday, hanging out with you in the DriveHubler.com studios. A busy, busy show. At 7.30, Mark and I will leave the studio and uh, Pete Sampson will join us talking Notre Dame football. We'll get the hell out of the way Come to on, let, baby. K- to let Come KB on. do his thing. You just send me a text when you guys are wrapping up. Kevin. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'll be out there with you. So mm-hmm. send a, a little group mm-hmm. message yeah. text. We'll, we'll uh, ask for the I, check at the restaurant after we get breakfast. Typically, I like to shower after a Pete Sampson segment. Is that all right? Well, isn't there a shower in the basement? There yeah. is. Yeah, uh-huh. shower and a sauna. Yeah, two showers actually. Yeah. There, there's in a the sauna in a in a in a radio station cluster. Oh, yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. Is that oh, yeah. that doesn't seem to fit the mold? James Boyd will join us we'll talk some Ravens football obviously Anthony Richardson not out there in practice fellas good morning how's everybody doing um if you are a fan of the Indianapolis Colts you wake up this morning and say at least I'm not a fan of the Chicago Bears right (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah well yeah I was week one and Mark is week three now of the NFL season at least you're the Colts if you're a Colts (sighs) fan you're not you're not the Jets and you're not the Bears and you're not the Giants and you're not the Texans and you're not a a number of bad teams in the NFL I was looking for the best bourbon I had yesterday after reading and all Ooh. the stuff that was going on with the Bears. I'm like, what are we? What? It did, feels like it's been a full season already, and we're in week three. Did you find it? Did you find yes. that bourbon? Yes, yes, I did. What'd you go with? If you don't uh, mind me asking. Some Blanton's. Oh, oh boy, okay. you were messing around, okay. man. Oh, okay, Mark there Dighton. we go. I uh, guess it was a hell- hellacious oh day for the Bears. I was not expecting that. I was going to come over and give you a hug, but I guess Blanton's <laughs> did that for you last night. You had a good night's sleep, didn't he? Gosh, he, he looks, did. He, does, he looks well-rested this morning. Yeah. yeah, that was wild yesterday, following it from afar, the Justin Fields comments, feeling the need to, I guess, take slash take back, maybe give a new message to those comments. <laughs> clarify, uh, I guess. Clarify, that was the word I was looking for. Uh, the Allen Williams story, I, I will wait for credible mm-hmm. reporting before I comment any further, but the let's just hope the rumors are not... Not true. Uh, just wild. Wild. Then, obviously, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs waiting on Sunday. Shout out to Jimmy. He tweets at us here. I'm driving from Tampa to Memphis Ooh. to move for good. Listening to the show live to get me through. Memphis, Tennessee? The next 12 hours, I believe. Ooh. Memphis, Tennessee. Says he's got his cats meowing. So, this is... We are the sound over the cats meowing, it sounds like. Can we soothe the kitty cats? Is that what he hopes we do for the next several hours? I guess that is the goal from us here (laughs) on this Thursday morning. Uh, Certainly the news items from yesterday, Colts related. Anthony Richardson did not practice. Ryan Kelly did not practice. Anthony Richardson was present at practice. And as I've said all week long, Andy, I think there are some signs to where Colts fans should feel optimistic that this is not going to be a long, long stay of him being absent for, you know, multiple weeks. Again, Shaquille Leonard's missed three weeks with several, with a two different concussions in his career. Ryan Kelly himself missed five games back a few years ago. Um, 
if you were really, really worried about the type of symptoms Anthony Richardson was having, you would not have him stand out and practice in 85-degree heat with the sun beating down on you for two hours. So that's another sign. Yes, he didn't practice, but that's not the most shocking thing in the world. Uh, we'll see where he's at today. And then, Andy, that's where we start getting into the, if he does practice today, is that enough reps to be cleared for Sunday? Quarterback reps. Now, I'm not talking. He can definitely pass through the concussion protocol by Sunday. He can actually do that by Saturday. But does missing yesterday, the first and second down day, the big install day of the week, Gardner Minshew takes all the first team reps, is that enough for Shane Steichen to say, nope, uh, it's a huge week with a really stout defense and they do a lot of sophisticated things. The fact that Richardson missed one day, does that mean Minshew gets a nod? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, this is a conversation and we knew, didn't didn't we know that this was what we were going to be talking about today? I mean, it's not crazy, right? Like, yeah. we figured Anthony Richardson would not be out there on a Wednesday. Yeah, I would say, you know, whatever, 80, 90% yeah, of guys I, I, do not practice. Exactly. I mean, that was 90% or above, so I'm not surprised. I guess you were holding out hope, okay, maybe he's out there, but I think on a Wednesday that's not crazy at all. To, to me, the Wednesday and the missing of the Wednesday doesn't bother me. What I was going to ask you was, you know, what's the breaking point on a Thursday or this a Friday? Yeah, yeah. N- now we now yeah. we get into it, uh, and that is kind of the conversation. Um, being a young player, if this were a veteran, if this were Lamar Jackson, if this were a number of veteran quarterbacks, how much would it change that conversation? And by the way, the answer might be, it might not change it at all. And well, we have absolutely no idea. Andy, I also think we can take it a step forward. And again, yesterday I think I labeled Wednesday as an important day, I'd label today as a vital day for him to try and clear concussion protocol and or just get enough reps to, you know, quarterback reps, starting reps, to your point. This is his third ever week practicing in the NFL during a regular season. The question that I have, big picture, the answer is easy. Big picture, you'd rather see Anthony Richardson play than Ryan Kelly, like as harsh as that sounds. Little picture, if that's such a thing. I don't think we ever said <laughs> that. Little gas. Little L- picture. Little, picture. Yeah. little yeah. gas is 12 hours, 13 hours from now, he's ready to go. And By the way, Nikki, Nikki loved the onesie. Oh, she Good. loves that stuff. Oh, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Good. Yeah. I love that. I hope you're not yeah. lying to me. Um, I'm not lying good. to you. Good. All right. Uh, you don't lie to men. You, you lie to women and children. <laughs> you don't lie to men. <laughs> I know. If that's what we are in here. If we are men. Maddie and I look, look at each other at times like, are you going to go up? I told Rosie that you would go up and tell her one more bedtime story. Like, you have to go up. We can't lie to her. I'm like, oh, gosh. Uh, Anyways, in the little picture view looking at Sunday, is the bigger loss Ryan Kelly, though? Well, I mean, it's... Because look at the two backups. Who would be replacing each? Gardner Minshew has how many starts in the NFL? 25. Minshew is so well-respected. I want to get into that in a second. Wesley French is a third-string center. This is when I know that... Guys in the locker room are like, damn, that dude's getting a lot of media attention this week. <laughs> Yesterday, there was a you know horde of media members around Gardner Minshew. Not the most shocking thing right. in the world at all. Um, you know, No teammate really reacts. Then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, the horde of media gets around Wesley French's locker. <laughs> well, you've got Eric Johnson, defensive lineman, come over, and he's taking a picture of the media scrum <laughs> around Wesley French's locker. Nothing says this is a shock to everyone like a teammate taking a picture of a media scrum around a player that I, I think it's safe to say there's never been a media scrum around the locker of Wesley French. Sunday would be his first NFL start. So I think when you, again, get to the little picture, which sounds so weird for me to even say, when you get in that standpoint of it all, Andy, that's where I 
almost point to that being the bigger loss for Sunday because if you've got a third-string center, first-ever NFL start against this defense, Baltimore's been able to prepare all week long for that potential, whereas Houston didn't. Ryan Kelly left at halftime of that game. And all of a sudden, you've got a running back on Zach Moss that runs a 40-yard dash that's 4-6. So what does Zach Moss do? He wants... Between the tackles, up the middle. He does, he's not bouncing stuff to the outside. Sure. And you don't have a running quarterback, probably. He, Maybe. You know, Richardson Possibly. testing yeah. the outside is probably not going to be there under this hypothetical. And obviously, you think about the domino effect of all of a sudden, if interior pressure starts to rise, now your quarterback is more susceptible to hits, et cetera, et cetera. I think if we talk about just the short term, if I only care about Sunday's win loss result, I think you can make a pretty strong argument that Kelly would be the bigger loss than Richardson. And Kelly wasn't out there at all, right? He was, he was not, he, yeah, he which was, is he was, a good point to bring up. Yeah, he was not out there in the 85-degree heat at, a, at an NFL football practice, right? Anthony Richardson was, yeah. which kind of fits the mold of Anthony Richardson, the positivity. And you've mentioned that since Monday, right? Since Monday, at least Tuesday, you've mentioned the possible positivity around the Richardson situation. We had Stephen Holder on yesterday from ESPN.com, KB, and he said the same thing. I mean, he basically was echoing the same sentiments that you had. We haven't got any of that from Ryan Kelly. I mean, Ryan Kelly's not playing on Sunday. That much is obvious, right? I mean, yeah, we I can mean, say that. I mean, come on. He's it, not playing. If you go off history and you go off, you know, yesterday, then I think some Well, if signs... I had to pick between those two, right? Certainly. Oh, yeah. It, yeah it's certainly. easy that there would be a chance uh, that Anthony Richardson would play Ryan Kelly. No, you're going to be dealing with an offensive line. I mean, Baltimore comes in with defensive questions. A lot of theirs in the defensive backfield. They've got a notable injury report. Yeah, I mean, they do. Their injury report's a bunch of good players. I mean, it's not a starting quarterback. I mean, I guess it is a center. So, uh, Tyler Lindenbaum, who's a you know pretty good center, is uh, not practicing for them. He missed last week. I mean, they've got Pro Bowl dudes. Several Pro Bowl dudes on each side of the ball. Eight guys did not practice for them yesterday. Uh, several of them, again, you would place in the top ten player on their football team category. I would assume Odell Beckham Jr. on the injury report, I'm going to guess... That when Odell Beckham goes home at night, if Kim Kardashian is there, I don't know if that's going to help his injury situation. What a story from 2015. I would think it some really extracurricular is. activities in that household would maybe lead to a few more injuries. Oh, Odell gets, uh, he, he takes some weeks off. That's me reporting Odell's not playing. What information do you have, Sweeney? Not much. <laughs> I'm just going. I'm just going by knowing Odell Beckham. Zay Flowers a hell of a player, though. Yeah, that, he's that been dude's great. Good, man. Yeah, that dude was good in college. college. Yards after catch has been a huge thing for him, so he will definitely be something to keep an eye on. So we'll get into that throughout today's show, as Andy laid out for you. Pete Sampson to talk Notre Dame and Ohio State coming up at the bottom of the hour. James Boyd from the Athletic will get his thoughts on where things stand heading into a critical practice day for Anthony Richardson and company. And then uh, Tim Barbalace, who is in the Baltimore area, does some radio there. Uh, We'll get a Ravens point of view. And I also want to get to this, and almost fittingly, we had Tony East on yesterday. And I think just kind of organically, when Tony was going through his potential starting lineup for the Pacers, uh, he alluded to Buddy Heald and mentioned him as probably more of a bench guy and brought up the Kevin Pritchard quote from back in the spring, which I'd kind of forgotten about that quote. I'm glad that Tony brought that up of, you know, we love Buddy, but we also have to find a role for him in 23-24 
that makes sense. That was an interesting quote you typically don't hear, Mm -hmm. I think, from people in that sort of position. Especially since the year that Buddy Heal had. It was a bit of a warning shot of like, we really like him. He does a lot of good for us, but we've got some conversations that need to be had here in the offseason. And Sham Sharnia... Um, you know, the, the the Woj, whatever, counterpart here in the NBA, he reported yesterday that um, contract extension talks between the Pacers and Heald have stalled out, and they've started dialogue to work on finding a potential trade with another team. Andy, I have been a very big-picture guy with the Pacers in that this is a rebuild unquestionably buddy healed has always been the one for me that even though the age doesn't match up with so much else he's the one that i feel like makes sense to keep around he's incredibly durable he is one of the best shooters in nba history frankly nba history um and and i just don't think you can take that stuff for granted and that's a skill set for me that can last into his 30s. He will turn 31 here in a few months. So I'm a bit torn on this. I probably side towards keeping him. Um, I understand the need to look into what a trade could be like because he is 30. Uh, He is in a contract year. If you can't get to an extension where both parties are happy, I am always a fan of you need to get something in return. You're in a market where you can't just let guys walk in free agency. Right. You need to make sure that you do that. And there's part of me that looks at Buddy Heald and thinks he's still the cherry on top of that trade. I mean, Sabonis for Halliburton worked out beyond brilliantly for you. Um, So I am probably team keep healed, but I do at some point today want to get into both sides of this uh, because I thought it was some interesting news. And obviously deadlines... Spur action. We aren't really at a deadline with this. He's under contract for this coming season. Um, training camp opens up in a month or a, a week and a half, so we've got a little bit of time here. So uh, I will be. Yeah, but this uh, is something that's going to go into the season, right? You I, would, I, I mean, right? Think, you don't think it's going to get done? It's kind of like the trade stuff we talked about with the Colts. But well, do you we get have a week but, done. I don't think this is Jonathan Taylor venom here. No, I don't think so I either. I think this is a little bit. He more, doesn't want to be coming off the bench, though, right? More, yeah. I mean, that has to be part of it. He thinks he's a starting player. He's like, hey, I'm shooting 45% from three. I'm averaging 16, 17 points a game. I think he'd care. I don't know this. I would think he'd care more about the multi-year extension than he would coming off the bench or not. Like, if you can give him what he wants from an extension standpoint, I, I, I think coming off the bench and you tell Buddy Heald, hey, man, go gun with the second unit, he would probably be content with that. But his relationship with Tyrese Halliburton, well-documented, on and off the floor, and I think it would be a notable loss. But there is that bird on the other shoulder. It's like, Kevin, Buddy Heald can't guard little gas. So, you know, when you talk about <laughs> defensive, hell with defense. When you talk about defensive with issues it. with this Pacers team. So you bring Brown in to hell with defense. You can't get too too far <laughs> uh, from this. I have a thought on Lamar Jackson. Pete Sampson gonna join us in about fifteen minutes. I have a thought on Lamar Jackson. And then yesterday was IU Media Day, and I just bring it up because Mike Woodson did something that made me love Mike Woodson. Oh. Okay. okay. And I, and I, and I think a younger 
younger Kevin Bowen would know where I'm going. An older father of two sports radio veteran Colts reporter may not know where I'm going, uh, but absolutely. By the way, is this is this breaking news? The Rams traded Cam Akers to the Vikings. Was oh, that, that was last night? Yes, that was yeah. yesterday afternoon. Was, was that? How did I miss that? It was must have been the Bears swap stuff. of late. It picks, must have been the Bears stuff. Probably, if I remember Boy. correctly. Cam yeah, Akers. It, it, it happened pretty much the exact time that I think all that Bears stuff was going Cam, down. Cam Akers doesn't move the needle at all, and that's surprising given his just natural talent. It, well, he just really doesn't. I, mean, I think the torn Achilles is a huge, huge part of the resume that you can't ignore with him. He is Andy Sweeney. I am Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton weeping over there about his Bears and I guess the performance of his Cubs last Ooh. night as well. Uh, we'll break all of it down for you. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, you know where we lead on the Morning Checkdown. What's going on in baseball? The NL Wild Card. That's what we care about around here on this show. And just a disastrous loss. A chance to really make up some ground from the Reds last night. We call that a kick in the word that rhymes with kick. Yeah, it it really... Yes, it really does. Reds losers to the Twins. They lose two out of three. They lose the series uh, there at Great American Ballpark. Five, Can we go three. deeper into this game for a second here? Yeah, okay? I mean, they led 3-2 right, right. going into the ninth. Hunter Green, incredible effort. Probably the biggest start of his career. Seven innings, 14 strikeouts. The most for a Reds pitcher in 23 years. 92 pitches through seven innings. Why is he not out there in the eighth? Baseball. 92. It is September 20th right. yesterday. What are you saving him for? Right. Yeah. Run him it's the out biggest there. game of the year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He said it afterwards. The bullpen stinks. And the bullpen stung. Diaz giving it up. Uh, five, three losers there. The only solace you had was that the Cubbies Everybody lost. Everybody lost, right? Besides uh, Arizona. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, to me, has separated themselves. Philly, then Arizona. They have a game and a half. Cubs still technically uh, their third right now with Miami losing as well. Uh, Cincinnati could have been right up there tied with Chicago. That's how you could have, you know, woken up today. Yeah. But instead, one could've. game back. Ugh. What's it? Day off for the Reds today. <laughs> All right, moving on. Thursday night football. Little gas is ready to go. Ten and a half point underdog. That would be Andy Sweeney's Giants against the 49ers. Are we touching that line? Uh, I would not touch that line. If I did, I would go with San Francisco. The only chance the Giants have is if they do something special teams, defense. Do weird things happen on Thursday night football? Are you you of that belief? Because I I am kind of that belief. Well, I'm of that belief, but not only that, uh, in this game, probably, you you know, if you have a 49er, you're going to play him, and you're probably not going to have any Giants. I always struggle with fans. Fantasy football starts on Thursday night. You know what I'm saying? If a guy goes out there and gets you 23 points, you're feeling good for the weekend. If he goes out there like Madison did for me and the Vikings last week and he gets you five points, not so good. Uh, some Justin <laughs> Fields so audio I know you have dialed up. Well, from I mean, if we want to play something. Is this the coaching comment or yeah. is this the clarification? Yeah, here of we the go. Coaching Could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it. You know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week. And then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. Justin Fields wants to think like the mail plop in the background there a couple of times. I think there oh, was- man, the, the, the person that types the keyboards on the computer over there, it's. An annual thing. Where gotcha. Who the hell is typing so loud? <laughs> Got it. Okay. What do they call it? Stenographer? Yeah. Is that what they're called I, I, I in a, guess, in a court yeah, of law? We, we, we don't have one of 
those are the old could Colts be uh, you know uh, coaching. Now that was in response to him saying that he's playing robotic. Is that yeah, right? he's playing robotic. I mean, basically, Mark, those were they, his words, they, they right? want, Yeah, they want to keep him in the pocket instead of letting him kind of do what he does. Yeah, because they were asking, like, you know, how come you haven't felt like you played like yourself? How come, you know, you just look a little scrambled in the pocket and everything? He's like, well, I have a lot going on in my head and all that. He's overthinking things. So he was saying, you know, he thought that maybe it's not necessarily the coaches themselves, but the coaching that he's been given, like, hey, try to, like, do this, do that to get better. Like, he's overthinking. So he says he's going to – he said, and he quotes, F it, I'm just going to ball out on Sunday and just kind of, like, yeah. play free. So we'll right. see what happens. Of course, they're, they're in Kansas City, right? Kansas yeah. City, Chiefs, good luck. Yeah. But it's not the Texans. You know, he what clarified it. I know a lot of people just took the coaching quote and right. ran with it. And I'm stuff. glad we like, played the full clip. Yeah, if you listen to the whole quote, I mean – he cleared it up. I didn't. I don't. I didn't think that was that big of a deal. It, what a day at house. I mean, it just though. feels like they have an Left offensive coordinator on injured reserve, right? Yeah. Ugh. Some think it's season ending, but a lot of people are saying they didn't think it was season ending. So we'll see. But that's not great because that offensive line has been not the, the starting five of the offensive line has not played together yet. So you're gonna get your, you're gonna get the possibility you've thrown out there a new quarterback in Marvin Harrison Jr. Like that's on the table for you. Yeah, I would, would that be like, a new head coach as well? I would yeah, hope so. Has yeah, to be. Yeah, I has would hope to be. So. And a new GM. I don't think polls would be would would you know get sent off. Again, right this away. is the awkward nature to it we've discussed before, Mark. Ryan Poles, GM, Matt Eberflus, head coach. They did not select Justin Fields, so right. you, you just don't have everybody on the same timeline, if you will. So there's a 15 ga- game sample size left to to see what you got, and after Ooh. that, you can go from there. It'll be a long November, December. Yeah, I think a- it's a good thing. I mean, I don't know how enjoyable it'll be. It's been a hell of a first two weeks, <laughs> but we have 15 more. Well, you so have, Bla- we'll have Blanton's uh, at the at the crib, as the kids would <laughs> say. So. It's going to be a good winner. I don't know if it'll be Blanton's, yeah. but I'm sure the Jameson will be flowing in South Bend coming up on Saturday. On the other side, he is of the athletic. He is someone that I have expressed a man crush for before, and I will do it again here in a few minutes. Pete Sampson covers Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame, Ohio State. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. On Saturday night, he joins us next. It's such a stereotypical song, and it's what KB wanted. It's not what Mark wanted. No, it's not what I want. This, this is an alternate <laughs> song is, than what I picked. Staple in Notre Dame Stadium, uh, I and know you will hear is. that a lot. 
coming up on Saturday. I know night. it is. Do you want do you want us to leave? You want us to stay? Mark, what song were you going to play there? <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Yeah. Well, it's awkward. That was my choice. And Kevin's like, could, could you play Dropkick Murphys? I'm like, I, okay. I, I, I got I to be honest, man. Mark won this this debate. I, I think know. his song would have been a better choice. That's fair. Um, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> I'll try to be politically correct in my description of him. He is Pete Sampson from The Athletic. What's he up, Pete? He joins us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Pete, uh, always enjoy your coverage, to say the least. Thank you for the time this morning. Uh, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, better fun week around here. Biggest home game since Bush Push? I, yeah, it's got a chance. Um, I, you know, it's like the Bush Push game was big before it started and then got epic when it ended. So if this game has some similar flow to that, then yeah, I, I think you're you're sort of jumping any Michigan, Clemson, Georgia games in the line of like biggest home game since. You know, when we had you on before the start of the season, I think I expressed to you some optimism. I, quarterback related, I can't recall the last time Notre Dame has entered a game of this magnitude. You feel better about Notre Dame's quarterback than Ohio State's. And frankly, I think you got the best quarterback running back combo in college football. It, but I feel like my concern, Pete, for Saturday, obviously Ohio State's wideouts speak for itself. But when I think of Notre Dame and why they've had success over the last decade, it's trench play. But I, I just have a little uneasy feeling there offensive line defensive line can they do enough should my uneasiness be there or do you think that's a little overblown no i think you're you're half right uh, on Notre Dame's offensive line that's that's the match and it's weird to say it based on how Notre Dame's been built over the last 20 years but like that's the position i feel like i've got the most questions about um and it's it's the shortest path from a to sam hartman um so that's if you give Sam Hartman time, I think we've all seen what he can do. Um, but no quarterback's going to look good when they have a 300-pound defensive tackle on their face. And that's that's my concern on Saturday night, that they're, they're not going to be able to keep Sam Hartman as clean as they should. Well, that was going to be my follow-up. And Pete Sampson joining us here on a Thursday on The Fan. Uh, if, they, if, if Notre Dame wins, is it because of Hartman? And if they lose, is it because they can't protect Hartman? That was basically where I was going to go. If they win on Saturday, how do you think it looks? If they lose on Saturday, how do you think it looks? You know, I, I think it's going to look similar either way. I, I don't expect either team to run away from the other. Um, you know, because, I mean, Ohio State has a bunch of offensive line questions, too, which is why I think this will be probably lower scoring, um, you know, than you know a, a shootout would would play out. So it's I think if Notre Dame loses, you know, it it comes down to the quarterback play where they didn't have the advantage that they needed. You know, Sam Hartman get pressure, uh, whether that's sacks or you know his first pick of the season. Um, that that would be the. I don't think Ohio State is going to blow Notre Dame off the field with their pass game. Uh, they didn't last year. Their quarterback is a lot worse than a top ten pick, so I don't I don't know why that would happen now. Uh, so, to me, it's it's if Notre Dame's offensive line plays great, Notre Dame will win. If they play poorly, they'll lose. Um, probably be somewhere in the middle, but uh, yeah, that's that's the matchup to watch for me. He is Pete Sampson. He is from the Athletic. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, and I enjoy his coverage, uh, Pete. This is pessimistic fan question on September 21st, so I apologize for that. If Notre Dame loses, can they still make the playoff? Um, probably not, based on the fact that they, they never would have made it 11-1 before. But, I mean, USC, if 
if USC goes 12 and one and wins the Pac 12 and Notre Dame is their only loss, then yeah, then, but it's like, I think at the beginning of the season, I would, I would have had more confidence in saying yes to this answer because I thought Clemson was going to be better. Um, Clemson, I think, is just is just good opposed to a, like a marquee great win if Notre Dame goes down there and gets that. So it's, it's doubtful, but uh, I mean they'll be in contention, especially if it's uh, you know it's twenty eight twenty four. Notre Dame loses. Um, Notre Dame will still be in the playoff mix. I think it just will be tough to get over the line at the end. You surprised by, by I think three and a half point favorite. Ohio State, obviously the start of the season for those crazy enough to look at those lines. I'm surprised by it. Hand raised, it was much, much higher, so it certainly has come down. I think the latest had Ohio State at minus three. Are you surprised by that? Um, Not really. I I think it has to do with Hartman um, because, I mean, Notre Dame hasn't looked like this in offense in forever. They've never scored 40 points in each of their first four games of a season, like in the history of the program. So it's they're doing things offensively that they haven't done in the past. I realize they haven't faced a ton of great competition, but nobody has. And they're first in the country in pass efficiency defense. They're top 10 in yards per play allowed. So, I mean, they look like a great team. Um, you know, I think last year they they were kind of one-handed. I mean, they, they could run the ball, but they couldn't throw it. Their defense is pretty good, and they went in that game as two touchdown underdogs. Um, I think – Three, three and a half sounds about right for Saturday night. Because I, I, if you're a Notre Dame person, you kind of feel like the team is built to to win this kind of game for the first time in a while. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think a, a field goal spread sounds about right to me. Pete Sampson with us here on The Fan. Uh, I remember having you on, Pete, before the season, uh, and we listed off teams that would be, you know, maybe trap games or difficult games, and you mentioned NC State, and late in that game, Notre Dame, after the rain delays and everything else, took control, and in the end, it's a three-touchdown win, 45-24, and it looks pretty good. Um, But I'm interested, I I think Notre Dame, I'm saying this, I think Notre Dame wins on Saturday. That's why I'm asking you this question. Do you mean that? uh, I do mean that. Uh, I'm paying a little bit. There's yeah, a okay. tiny mm-hmm. amount of pandering to Pete uh, and Kevin Bowen. But, I mean, the other side of it is, and, you know, after Ohio State, Duke could very well be a top 15 team. That's on the road. Louisville, I think, October 7th, I think Louisville's looking to be maybe a back-end top 25 team. It's a hell of a stretch. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I guess my point is, you can beat Ohio State. It's a hell of a stretch. Pittsburgh, Clemson, probably Wake Forest, not the teams they have been, especially Clemson. But you beat Ohio State, they're three really tough games uh, after that. If Notre Dame won this game, uh, to me, they it's a quick turnaround. Duke's not a joke. Louisville's not a joke. And obviously, everyone knows that USC is going to be a top 4, 5, 6 team in the country. Yeah, I'm with you. I th- before the year, I thought Duke was very trappy because I didn't think uh, Duke was going to come back to earth a little bit, but they were still good. But when you beat Clemson, it's like, oh, well, okay, Duke, you got to pay attention to that. So I think Louisville sort of becomes the trap game because they're more mm-hmm. off the radar than Duke. Um, that would be the seventh game in seven weeks. USC will be the eight and eight or eighth game in eight. So it's, um, you know, you're going to have a little wear and tear at that point, probably. Um, you know, I think Louisville is probably the, the more trappy game because, you know, trap games are the ones you don't see coming. Um, so that's, you know, Duke and Louisville back to back between Ohio state and USC. That's, I mean, it is a tough stretch. Um, and yeah, I think that, Getting back up after whatever happens on Saturday night, going to Duke will be a challenge. 
I mean, we saw what happened to Notre Dame after Ohio State last year. They lost at home to Marshall. So I think they will be they will be on guard for next week. But can you beat human nature three, four weeks in a row? That's pretty tough. Pete, last one for me. I thought it was a great story you wrote earlier in the week on what uh, kind of a sad story they had to write it, but it's the reality of Notre Dame um, that you had to write about how much red will be in the building on Saturday nights. Again, it's a destination spot for a lot of fan bases. Notre Dame and Ohio State certainly is not an annual game by any uh, you know standpoint here. Um, how much red do you think will be in the building? I've always felt this. Notre Dame atmosphere on game day. Campus is beautiful. It's great. You get into that stadium, though. I, I don't put it very frequently atop the list of college football atmospheres. I'd like to think Saturday night will be different, but I am nervous about the amount of red. Yeah, I, it will be a lot less. Like my prediction, it will be a lot less than Georgia or Cincinnati. Which you know, Georgia those, felt like, like 50%. Yeah, Georgia was bad. I mean, that was just optically bad. That there was no home field advantage for Notre Dame that night. Um, you know, this one, I think the enthusiasm for this team is a lot different than it was for the Georgia game or even the Cincinnati game. I mean, or even Nebraska. If you're an old school Notre Dame fan, like there's a coach that the fan base wants to support uh, and a, a team that they enjoy watching play. So. I would be shocked if there was a ton of red in the stadium. I, I think it will be more than like what you see from you know Clemson or USC, but I think it will be limited. I think Notre Dame would did a smart job doing the the green out type game because the optics of that will be better. Um, where like Notre Dame fans are wearing white, they're wearing blue, they're wearing gold, they're wearing green. Like it's kind of hard to identify what was what. So. I think there will be a decent amount of red, but it will feel like a, a real home field advantage for Notre Dame because I, I think that the fan base wants to really support this team and this head coach. Quite possibly the biggest game in that stadium in about two decades. He is Pete Sampson from The Athletic. Outstanding coverage. Pete's podcast, The Independent, you can find as well. Pete, thank you. I know it's a crazy week for you. Appreciate you making time for us, and uh, enjoy the atmosphere Saturday. Of course. Thanks, guys. Pete Sampson right there on the Payless Lickers hotline. Andy, I don't know if this has anything to do with Saturday, but unquestionably, you have to think head coach-quarterback combination. Notre Dame's got one of the better-looking head coach-quarterback combos in all of college football. Uh, yeah, I don't like that Freeman's not like a, like a fat football coach. All these all these fit football coaches. I'm not sure what's going on. He could can, give you can, a few snaps, I would think, I, on Saturday. Can I throw two things out there? Yes. One football, non-football. Okay. One football, uh, and, uh, and we don't know. I, I I kind of disagree on the they could go they could lose this game Notre Dame and 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 still not make the college football playoff. I think they'd have a chance, I, right? I, I think they would too, just because I think Duke, Louisville are going to be top twenty five teams. I think by the time you get to Clemson, they're a top twenty five team now. Stanford's a stinker, Wake's a stinker, but USC Pittsburgh, would be a top five win. Yeah, yeah, it would. I mean, so I, I'm not there yet. Plus, if you're not a Notre Dame fan like KB, you're rolling your eyes saying, "Oh yeah, I'm sure the Irish will get the the the, the kiss there from the committee." But it's not even that. It's something that we talked about yesterday, and that is the SEC's down to where there's not going to be two teams dominating from the SEC. Right. There's not going to be where they're going to have two teams that when the, you know, when four or five weeks, whatever it is, when the first rankings come out, that it's like, well, you know, I mean, there, there could be three teams in the SEC in the top four. We have had that in previous years. And then the second thing is, I mean, this, this, this seems like a weekend that it's going to be all Golics. I mean, are the Golicks going to be all in <laughs> well, who, South Bend? I guess Bend? I should ask Pete, you know, again, who will be the guest picker? Will it be Joe Montana? 
I mean, uh, it, yes, I guess. I don't Am know. Am I you... seeing this right? Only one SEC team in the top 12 right now? I would imagine you top are. Top 11, I guess. You got Bama at 12, LSU at 13. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're Georgia's seeing. Georgia's at one, and then nobody two through 11. Yeah, and I think Georgia, I think it, it is to me the, I won't say the weakest, uh, the the most parody in college football that we've had in, in a good amount of time. Yeah, like, which is not something we usually yeah, say we, about we, college football. Oh, it's it's um, now the teams aren't. You look at Georgia, Michigan, Texas, USC, Florida State, Ohio State, Penn State, you guys at Notre Dame, Oregon even, you say, well, I mean, Andy, those are the same teams. Yeah, they are, but well, usually yes there's... no. We, I mean, Florida we, State, how many playoff appearances have they had recently? Uh, Texas, I mean, USC, uh, Washington. It's not like these teams have been that common. Usually it is, okay, we draw a list of Georgia, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. And maybe there's like one other. Right. Take one of those four out and put one other in there. That's not, I mean, even Michigan to, to a degree. I know, you know, in the last year is or Is Harbaugh two, back? He's back. Is he, is he not? He's back uh, <laughs> yeah. this week Big after his starts, sabbatical. I, I guess here's what I feel. There's not, there's, I don't know the tier system, KB. I guess that's my point. Usually the top few teams have separated themselves as an upper tier. And I don't feel that way about Texas. And I mean, Florida State could lose. They play at noon. They, I mean, Florida State played a crap second half against Boston College on Saturday. Yeah, Trust me, I watched way too much of that game at Community North. <laughs> way way too much of Clemson-Boston College. Um, thank you to Pete Sampson. Again, we'll get into some Colts conversation coming up. James Boyd from The Athletic going to join us in 15. We'll get you the latest on Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly. Um, we saw it late last night. I think now is a decent opportunity to get into it, Andy, about the Buddy Heald potential trade. And I think there's two sides of it you can view here. Again, from Shams Sharnia, the background on this is that uh, after contract extension negotiations stalled out, Buddy Heald and the Pacers have started a dialogue to work on finding a potential trade with another team. Heald is open to a trade elsewhere, according to rival team sources, but no deal is imminent and there aren't any current substantive talks with any other team. The Pacers did offer healed an extension in recent weeks, but it's believed their proposal did not make the seven-year guard feel desired. Um, again, <laughs> Tony East brought up yesterday when he was with us the Kevin Pritchard comment at the end of the season of we've got to define Buddy's role for next year, uh, and if we can get a role where he feels comfortable uh, and we're comfortable, then I'm not opposed to an extension here. Um, so that and, and he made it clear, like I'm not saying we're going to do the extension, but they also were not opposed to it. Those were Pritchard's comments back in April. So I'm not shocked by this news. Um, this is part of the reality of you're paying Tyrese Halliburton a whole lot more money next year, and you want to make sure you have some flexibility moving forward. Um, but I still think I am in the boat of team keep Buddy healed. Um, He is extremely durable. You can't take that for granted. The Pacers have had guards that cannot stay healthy over over the years. I think it's shocking to people to see the stat that over the last five years, it's not Steph Curry. It's not Damian Lillard who leads the league in three point makes. It's Buddy Heald, and frankly, it's not very close. And a big reason why is because he's so available. But he is one of the best modern shooters in the NBA without question. And Andy, what I would worry about in losing Buddy is when you go play the Wizards on opening night, I guarantee you on that Washington scouting report for the Pacers, the person guarding Buddy Heald, it's you don't leave him whatsoever. So he instantaneously creates great space. 
And who loves a ton of space? Tyrese Halliburton. And they have a real connection on the floor. And if you're going to put Benedict Matherin out there, if you're going to put Obi Toppin out there, some other guys that aren't consistent shooters, you need, I think, another shooter to space that floor. Um, That, to me, would be my concern. I know defensively, again, he can't guard you. So... I don't ignore that aspect. I know he's about to turn 31. You could get, I think, some real quality in return for him. But I still think he is very, very valuable to the continued growth to this team, despite being at an age that's different than so much of the core. Well, I was going to ask you, do you feel like you're in the majority on this? And, and, and your your hesitation yeah. there, I think, is I think, kind of the conversation around him, right? People right. don't know whether to say, well, you know, you're selling youth. He's going to be 31. He's going to cost you money. And you're saying, yeah, he also can shoot 45% from three-point range. You're selling youth, but at some point, you need to have some veteran presence on the team. Yeah, like, you I, can't just be young guys all the time. And if you are going to ship him off, you need to replace those points that he's going to give you from beyond the perimeter. And it's probably more the last part, Mark, than the veteran nature. Like, I got to be honest about Buddy Hield's career. The guy's never played in a playoff game. Right. So I, I don't think he's a guy that all of a sudden you just look to in the locker room and be like, hey, man, what's it like in May and June? Yeah. You know, it's not like he's that. But the last point that Mark just made there, who on this roster is the ready-made replacement? If you're just looking strictly for minutes, you'd say, oh, more minutes for Matherin, more minutes for Andrew Nemhard. Uh, like, all of that makes sense. Like, I don't think Ben Shepard, as the 26th pick out of Belmont, is going to come in here and be some dead-eye shooter in the next year or two. Um, that, to me, I don't see and I would have concern over. Um, you know, when you traded Sabonis, I know they're the not the exact same player, but Turner was kind of the guy that's like, oh, no, he's going to get more minutes. We're going to play just one big that's the route to go. If you were to move Buddy skill set wise, I don't see anybody on the roster that matches what he brings. Well, I mean, plus if you're if you're up and down the court, you mentioned Halliburton. What do you need? You need to kick out. You need to have a three point shooter. I mean, it makes all the sense. I think for me, what is interesting is we knew, you know, it, this is and you mentioned it. It's not a Jonathan Taylor situation to where there's the poison, there's the venom right. that's a, that's around. We don't feel yeah, Malky Collins. Yeah, not we don't in we this. don't feel that that's the case here. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, they are as Asking Buddy Heald to go to the bench, right? I mean, I mean that is which he has done I, in I, his career, but before. he may not like going to the bench. Would be what I would offer, right. and it just the parallels. You know, when Chris Ballard, it's interesting between the Pacers and Colts when Chris Ballard comes out and says, "Well, we won four games, remember?" And so it's like, okay, so you're not going to bring, you're, are you not going to resign anyone on the team? You're going to resign Michael Pittman or no? Well, you won four games with them, right? If you win six this year, does that mean uh, that there's not going to be a contract extension for him? It's like you mentioned. Mentioned it with Buddy Heald. He's also a guy that hasn't got you to the playoffs. He's also a guy that's not going to carry you. He's a guy that, you know, and you'll hear me say this a lot, KB. He... He's a guy that I don't want to underrate, but I don't want to overrate. Yeah. Is, is that a fair? Yeah, I'm not making him a star, but he's not a scrub either. He's and, not a bum. And I want to make this clear, Andy. I am team keep healed, but I also can listen to the conversation and realize if you can't come to a cordial extension, get return for him. You know, I, I'm right. such a believer of that, particularly in an NBA market like this. The NFL is a little different, but when you're in an NBA market like this, you just don't get the free agent activity like other markets. So that means what? That means you better draft your ass off and you better make quality trades. And obviously the Halliburton and Heald one for Domas and 
and Justin Holiday and whoever else was in that trade. A brilliant trade. Beyond brilliant. Like, such a great move by Kevin Pritchard to retool after they had had such struggles in the draft. Um, so I can certainly listen to that, but I'm also a big believer in this. Unlike Victor Oladipo, and I know injuries have played into that, but, and I guess there's like a little bit of the Anthony Richardson question in this at all. I'm always curious, players and their athletic skill sets, what has staying power? What's going to be something that can work into their 30s? You know, with Richardson or with quarterbacks, at some point, whether it's Michael Vick, whether it's Randall Cunningham, you know, you, you have to revert to being a little bit more of a pocket passer, and your legs just aren't there. In Oladipo's case, you attacking the rim at reckless abandon. Russell Westbrook's the best example, and probably. he is like the right. rarest of rare that that right. body has held up and that athleticism has held up. But at some point, you can't just attack the basket like that because either A, you're going to get hurt like no other, which Victor has, or B, your athleticism is just going to fall out and you're not going to finish at the rim and get to the foul line like you have been. But with Buddy... Dead-eye shooters, that skill set lives, and it lives for a long time. And again, if you look at his career, he's one of the most durable players in the NBA, does not miss games. So that's why I look at him at age 31 and think, man, two- or three-year extension, I I still think he could shoot the hell out of the ball for the next couple of years. So that's another reason why I probably fall into the uh, keep him. But Andy, you gotta think. I mean, if you make calls for Buddy Heald, like, isn't that exactly what the Lakers would want? Well, I mean, the Lakers wanted him back when he was in Sacramento. Isn't that exactly what these, you know, uh, playoff type teams want of a spacer like that and a veteran, a guy that has played multiple roles, whether he likes it or not, he has done that. To me, you could get something of of entry of here. value and the expiring contract that might be really attractive yeah, to another this team. is a bigger conversation uh in a look at the salary cap how much do you want to pay buddy healed i mean you know with your 19 million this yeah year? Th- that's about what it is and with the nba you know you can move money around i mean but he would be he would be looking for a you know a raise above well above 20 mil so i think that's i think that's a conversation going back to when he was in sacramento uh kyle kuzma mantra Harrell, who I covered and who who I love, by the way, uh, and the 22nd overall pick. Uh, He should intimidate you. I remember I was covering a game. I was watching it. I was right on the baseline, KB, and the ball was going out of bounds, and he saved the ball, and when he saved the ball, he threw the ball, and when he threw the ball, he threw it off the opponent's face. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not that opponent. I forget who it was. It wasn't a big-time opponent. It was like Colgate or St. Bonaventure or something like that. Uh, I think this is a guess, and we can go to break. Uh, James Boyd going to join us here in about five or six minutes. February 8th is the trade deadline. Doesn't it feel like you're going to start with Buddy Heald and maybe in the middle of the season? But again, if if you're playing well, then you would want to keep him. So that's tricky as well, but it kind of feels like you're going to get a couple months of Buddy Heald. Well, Does it I, not? I'm interested with the next couple weeks play out. Again, to your point, that's really the only deadline if we're looking at deadlines. Um you know, when did the Turner extension happen last year? I'm trying to think about that. That was a little bit before the deadline, I think. Uh, obviously, you got into the season, you saw how Turner looked, and you made that move for him to January 28th. Him. January 28th. So yeah, just you know, just before you you, you got close to that deadline. You know, is that something that you see with Heald? Um, but if he's not comfortable with his role to start the year, is that something that needs to be addressed a little bit more? And again, him and Halliburton are very very close. 
and well, I don't want to act like you need to cater everything well, to Tyrese Halliburton. But that, but matters. that matters. No, it absolutely matters. It matters in the NBA, and it's not like they're just buddies off the floor. Like on the floor, watch it. It's beautiful to watch those two and the connection that they have. So that will be an interesting storyline as the Pacers get closer to the start of their training camp. Again, a week from Monday, media day for the Pacers. All right, on the other side, as Andy mentioned, James Boyd from The Athletic, the latest on Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly. We'll chat Colts coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. 8 o'clock hour, hanging out in the DriveHubler.com studios. I'm Andy Sweeney. He's Kevin Bowen, KB and Andy, the wake-up call. You like this song? Oh, yeah. You got a golf feel to you today. I like 21st that. 21st nights, indeed, of September. Mark Dykton, very nice on that one. Happy early birthday to my father. He, he is the 22nd of September. Well, my dad's is the 23rd. Well, look at this. Really? Yeah. Guys having a bunch of birthdays, a bunch going, of dad birthdays. Driving up to Illinois. Shout my brothers are coming down from Milwaukee and we're going golfing uh, with my dad on Saturday morning. What? I love it. That's that's September your weekend. Birthdays. He's having he's having your Mason weekend. Mason Sweeney, Max Bowen, Mister Dykton, <laughs> Mister Bowen. How about quite that? The, quite the Saturday, quite the Saturday lineup uh, for the show here. Reminder as well. We'll get you ready. Colts and Ravens will continue. That uh, James Boyd going to join us in just a second. Tim Barbalace going to join us. Ravens pregame does the afternoon show there uh, for one hundred five seven in Baltimore. We'll talk with him coming up in the nine o'clock hour, and then again Colts Ravens that coverage on. Sunday beginning at 9 a.m. Before we get to James, you're worried about your eye. Tell the people. Yeah, I just put contact solution in there from that said it expired in 2020. <laughs> was that yours or is that something you found around the uh, offices it's here? Something I found in the medicine uh, cabinet in the uh, in the break room. I didn't know we had a medicine cabinet, so yeah. you had to show me where that's so at. My eye falls out due to COVID or whatever. Just let That'd me know. A, okay. yeah, a pending lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, from the Bowen family. Uh, well, let's get James up here from the Athletic. James Boyd, obviously following. Uh, the Colts. First of all, James, thanks for filling in as my wife went into labor last week. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for getting up and setting those alarms, buddy. How are you, man? I'm doing good. It was no big deal. Obviously, I think you know childbirth is a lot more uh, difficult than getting up early. So, no worries. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say so. No uh, truer statement yeah, has ever been. Childbirth made. trumped, uh, you know, uh, offensive line talk on a Wednesday. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there you yes, go. Y- y- yes, it did. Uh, well, James, let, let's let's dive into it. I mean, there is a uh, possibility. Some may call it a probability. The Gardner Minshew going to be starting the game on Sunday. I guess. How did you view this game? Uh, when you thought Anthony Richardson was going to be in there, and how do you view the game differently now that there is a uh, you know, there's a pretty good chance maybe that that Minshew is the starter coming up on Sunday there in Baltimore? I think either way, it was going to be a difficult task to go into Baltimore and win. But obviously, the storyline was going to be Anthony Richardson looking up to Lamar Jackson, playing against Lamar Jackson. 
I saw some Lamar Jackson comments yesterday where he was like, man, it made me feel old. I'm only 26. I'm not that old. But um, as I pointed out to somebody else earlier this week, when Lamar won the Heisman in 2016, I believe Anthony Richardson was a freshman in high school. So he has sort of looked up to him. So obviously if Anthony Richardson isn't available, that is a little bit disappointing. But long-term health is the biggest reason why we're even having this discussion because that matters more than one game. James, long-term, the answer is pretty easy. You'd obviously rather see Anthony Richardson play than Ryan Kelly, as harsh as that sounds. It's just the reality of where those two players are at in their respective careers, the positions they play, et cetera, et cetera. In the short term, though, if we're only talking about Sunday, I think you can make a stronger case. You'd almost rather have Ryan Kelly than Anthony Richardson, given what is behind the two players and the challenge with the Ravens. Agree or disagree? I agree. I think the Ravens give a lot of difficult looks up front. And, I mean, their defensive line has been pretty impressive this season so far. So, as much as we talk about Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. and the pieces they've added, Zay Flowers, the Ravens are still the Ravens. Their defense is still what kind of um, identifies them in the league. And I think that gives them a chance year in and year out. Yeah, and just like kind of a domino effect I was talking about with Andy of okay, Wesley French making his first start, all of a sudden, you know, could that injure your 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 quarterback? Uh things like that. Speaking of your quarterback, I know you wrote something on Gardner Minshew and just the value of him as a backup. I I don't think Andy and I ever really got too deep into this. I don't think either of us viewed the Jets as like a realistic whatever trade candidate for Gardner Minshew. But if you just kind of threw out there what you think a hypothetical would would look like, what do you think the Colts could get? if all of a sudden they felt like they were going to shop Gardner Minshew? I think at minimum it has to be a third-round pick. And ideally you probably want like a second-round pick or something higher. But I think that a third-round pick is pretty reasonable considering that you know, Trey Lance got traded for a fourth-round pick. Joshua Dobbs got traded for, I believe, a fifth-round pick to Arizona. So obviously Gardner Minshew is better than those guys. And the premise of it was, okay, I hear people talking about Gardner Minshew to the Jets. First of all, the Jets don't even have their own first-round pick and their own second-round pick right now. It's all kind of tied up with the Aaron Rodgers trade. But I was like, let's explore what it would mean, what it would take, and have some fun. So I got a bunch of mean comments where they're like, we're not doing this. This is dumb. This is stupid. Wasting your time. And I was like, this is where, you know, you have to understand my job. You know, I can't write stuff that doesn't get clicked on. So I did. I will say this. If you click on the article, it is not, you know, the first thing in the article. It's really just laying out how good of a – backup that Gardner Minshew is and how he's sort of been a fringe starter, you know, for, per se throughout his career. Yeah, he has. I mean, listen, I, I yeah, you know, it's also what, like a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week, James. I mean, people need to give you a break. You got to write about something. I mean, come on. It's a, it's a Wednesday. It's a hump day. What are we doing? Yeah, I, see, I'm very much one of those. It's one of the better pickups that Ballard has had, right? I mean, the it's not over. Like, you can stay in games. You can win games if Anthony Richardson isn't there. I think you re-sign him for multiple years. I, 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 listen, I'm with that you. That, to me, kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, listen, I'm totally with you. Okay, so James Boyd with this year on the fan uh Anthony Richardson changing his style of play. You draft him. You know he can run. You know what he is dynamic at. Sure, as he develops, much like a Lamar Jackson, you want him better at throwing the football, staying in the pocket, whatever it may be. But you can't neuter him. You got to let him ball. You got to let him do his thing. I tend to think this is as much of a Shane Steichen conversation as it is a Anthony Richardson changing his style. Uh, you 
saw even against Houston, the injury happened on a beautifully designed play. It wasn't him scrambling for his life. So that entire conversation, Anthony Richardson protecting himself, uh, you know, uh, altering maybe a couple of the things that they do. Where do you come down on that entire conversation? I think it is personal account- accountability. I think I called it, you know, tactical or strategic selfishness. He has to be selfish. He, he views himself as an average guy in the sense of, you know, he's a special talent, but he, he views himself as one of the guys, but you're not one of the guys. As, you know, Michael Hubbard Jr. Had said last week in the locker room after the game, he was like, yeah, you can't really run like me. He said his tongue in cheek, but he was kind of serious. You know, hey, you can't run like me when the whole franchise is depending on you. And that's the truth. And so I think that it comes down to him being more self-aware. Because I think the hit, and we haven't talked to Anthony, but we, we kind of put it together with other players and coaches on the staff. You know, Jim, Jim Bob Cooter kind of alluded to it, you know, saying that he has to finish the play. I think he eased up just thinking that he could just coast into the mm-hmm. end zone. But you can't do that. Everyone right. closes I agree. in the NFL. So take care of yourself because, again, you mean so much to this team. And he was on his way to a great, great game. I mean, he had two touchdowns and 18 snaps. Yeah, James, I was good. You know, what I said earlier this week is if he if he plays that entire game, he accounts for what four touchdowns or something in that game. And if so, the conversation around him versus Lamar Jackson this week is one of the top stories in the NFL. You know, uh, you know, besides Justin Fields and the Bears being a mess, maybe the Nick Chubb injury on Monday, it would be one of the top three, four stories in the NFL would be, hey, Colts and Anthony Richardson, look what he's done the first couple weeks versus Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, is completing 75% of his passes right now. Absolutely, and I think Lamar has been really good this season. Obviously, he's healthy. Um, the key for him is to stay healthy, so that'll be a conversation that I'll have, you know, to, to kind of look into just research-wise, okay, how's Lamar stayed healthy or not stayed healthy because he hasn't played more than 12 games since 2020. And so you look at these guys who are very dynamic athletes, but you can't depend on them to, you know, be Superman and be invincible. Even Anthony Richardson, he's a big, huge dude, and he looks like he will never, ever, ever get hurt. But that's not been the case dating back to high school. He's had his injuries that have put him out for an extended period of time. So, again, I think this is his biggest wake-up call because I know it hurt him to miss that game physically and mentally. So, you know, again, if you're not going to learn from this, then what are you going to learn from? I expect him to learn from this, bounce back, and um, even if it isn't this week, just get healthy and, and continue what has been, in my opinion, a very good and promising start to his rookie season and probably better than I thought it would be. James, I, I apologize for even like asking you to like predict statuses of people with concussions because there's just so much unknown with it. Um, but I guess kind of going off the QB rep side of the question, and obviously Shane Steichen was extremely noncommittal in, in any sort of questions in regards to that. We know Anthony Richardson has missed the first day. That's first and second down yesterday's practice. If he practices today, do you think that's enough for him to play on Sunday? Not even concussion protocol-wise, more of the amount of practice time he would get? Oh, I I think so. But if I'm – I would have to really, really sit down with him, the doctors, and obviously if he gets cleared and go over just what we're doing because I I think that it's it's not really worth it. If I had to pick, I would say, hey, Ryan Kelly, you know, Anthony Richardson – you know, you take a beat, and we'll we'll see you. You know, hopefully next week against you know what is it, the Rams. And so that would be my choice, my decision. So we'll see, but I don't think it's a huge deal that he missed the earliest practice in the week. 
Um, I do think that if there's anybody who can scheme up some things and get you up to speed, it is Shane Steichen. But we'll kind of see how it goes. Now, what's promising that Anthony Richardson was at least out at practice and out in the sun with loud music and other things, and it seemed like he was fine. And it was hot out there Kelly, yesterday. Yeah, both Ryan Kelly, you know, no sight of him. And as you pointed out, I believe in your story, KB, from yesterday or the day before, he missed a lot of time with his first – or not first concussion, but his mo- most recent concussion before this one where he missed five games. So, you know, that's disconcerting. And then we don't even know for certain when his injury occurred. So that is a bit alarming as well. James Boyd hanging out with us from The Athletic. He's on the Pay Less Liquors hotline. Uh, so Anthony Richardson, even though he left the game before halftime, uh, was second on the team last week in Houston with carries. He had three. Minshew had two. And we know Zach Moss had 18. And Zach Moss played, and what, what was it, KB? Every offensive stat but one on Sunday. So I'm expecting Zach Moss, of course, to have uh, to carry much of the load. But if Anthony Richardson... Richardson doesn't play. Who do you think is second in carries for the Colts? Is it Minshew? Is it Deion Jackson? Does somebody else get into the game? Oh my goodness, that is the money question. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't look good behind Zach Moss, and I honestly don't think that this ground game is going to be very good, even with Zach Moss, because they're going to make it very difficult for you to run it. But I mean, without Anthony Richardson being that threat, that dual threat guy. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I know they have. Well, who was it, um, KB, that they signed? Who was the former third round? Trey pick? Sermon. Trey Sermon, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Trey Sermon. He he could be an option, but I mean, he's <laughs> he's been here for a couple of days. I mean, it doesn't look good, and that leads more so into our questions, which I know Shane Sykin really loves. Um, what's on going on with JT? Because we're getting to that point now where you know, yes, Zach Moss got you out of a bind against lowly Houston, but these are the Ravens, and then that's not going to work. And then the next week against the Rams. You're going to run it 25 times with, you know, Aaron Donald right there. I, I don't know if that's going to be a, a valuable or a viable option. All right, James, last one for me, shifting gears. And obviously you are a big fan of uh, the NBA and you covered the Pacers. So um, I, I did want to give you a chance and uh, enjoy your insight. Uh, Buddy Heald, uh, what do you think? Are you, are, are you team trade, team retain and extend? Where are you at on the uh, Buddy Heald uh, conversation from yesterday with Sean Sharnia saying the Pacers offer, offered an extension, Buddy didn't love it. And now there could be some trade talks on the table. Yeah, Sean's my coworker. Didn't give me a heads up, so I didn't appreciate <laughs> that. But uh, well, no, I think I think it's a a big boy decision. Obviously, if you can't come to an agreement, you know he's on an expiring contract, making nineteen million dollars a year. If he if he doesn't want to take a pay cut or take less money to stay in Indiana, then you move him for something that you think is valuable, and you know get some draft capital in return, or get a nice young player in return, someone who has some years left on his deal. Because I mean, big picture wise. You want to do whatever you can to keep your young core together, which is Halliburton, which is, you know, Bendick Mather and Jarris Walker. And then obviously Miles is there too. So you keep those guys and you build around them and, and hope to make a playoff push without Buddy. And then for Buddy, you know, he hasn't played in the playoffs in his career. So I'm hoping he can go somewhere and have that experience because he is legitimately one of the best three-point shooters ever. I mean, he takes eight attempts a game and makes 40% of his threes. So he's a great, great player. Yeah, last year he was 40, I want to say 42%, um, almost a career high for him from three. The volume uh, certainly is always high, but the percentage pretty high as well. All right, James, appreciate the time on this Thursday morning. Echo what Andy said. Really enjoyed you uh, coming out of the bullpen and being willing to do it. And uh, our, Appreciate uh, it. Our couple of shows last week. So thank you for that, and we will see you in a bit.
Appreciate that. I got to get the ERA down next time. <laughs> <laughs> James Boyd right there from The Athletic. We haven't mentioned this a whole lot today, Andy. We'll probably bring it up when uh, Tim Barbalace joins us in the 9 o'clock hour to talk some Ravens. But you look at their injury report from yesterday. Eight guys did not practice. Seven of them are starters. So when you think about that, that's a you know nearly a third of their starting lineup. And we're talking about some very notable names. I mean, Ronnie Stanley is an all-pro left tackle. There's a chance the Colts could be facing a backup left tackle for the third straight game. They faced that with Jacksonville. They faced it with Houston. Marlon Humphrey is an all-pro corner. He also missed. You know, you've got guys like Odo Beckham and Jadavian Clowney that obviously jump off the page in terms of names. Yeah, but Clowney always misses practice. Does he ever practice? But this is this is a notable <laughs> list, and so oh, uh, it is. I'm is looking at it right now. Yeah, to keep an eye on. Yeah, Marcus Williams may miss the entire season. I mean, he has a he's a pectoral injury. Uh, there's a chance he's done for the year. Odell Beckham often injured. Jadavian Clowney, Duvernay, wide receiver there, Justice. Hill, who's getting run, Marlon Humphrey, Linderbaum, you mentioned, Ronnie Staley. I mean, they're, they it's the who's who. Uh, I mean, they have a deep roster anyway, but still, that's a who's who. Yes. And they are, the Ravens are going to be perhaps the number one pick in Survivor Leagues Ooh, this week. Wow. Could it be the Niners? 49ers or Chiefs? Could it be the Niners? Could it be Dallas and Arizona? I mean, there's some, there's some options out there. I, I, I'm now 49ers. A, I'm in a I'm in a Survivor Uh-oh. League group. I now need to. Text. How you doing? Well, I need to text our crew. I'm Team 49ers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Sorry you are. About that. I, no, it's fine. I have no problem with it's that. A short week. Saquon's not playing. <laughs> you don't believe in Matt? They're Brita? going across the country. I'm going to text them and then try to make another case for him. <laughs> oh, so you're with buddies? So mm-hmm. is this like a substantial buy-in? Then you guys are splitting up. You know, something that costs a little bit of. We've got multiple cash. entries, and sure. now it's trying to divide up. Okay, who do you take this week? You guys. Uh, so the two obvious ones are what? 49ers and Chiefs. Yes. But what about the Jags with with the, with the Texans? I always. Yeah, I like to, the to Jaguars, me. That's a good one. But division games are always kind of tricky. I think you got to save this a good early team. In the season. You got to save a good team. To me, you're you're kind of using the 49ers early. Does that make sense? Uh, do to you me, really Jackson, have to save? Don't you just have to have to survive and you, just wait for the quarterback injury on an opposing team and go with that? You do, but sometimes you got to gamble. That's what life's about. It's about gambling. I know you like to play it safe. Sometimes you got to throw out there a Jacksonville. You know, sometimes you got to throw out there a New England going on the road and beating the Jets. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going New England in one. I'm saying it right now. I'm, I'm going Patriots. I might just tell them to screw it, and I just might go 49ers and then hope they win and then never tell them. <laughs> well, at least we'll have something to talk about if they lose. Do you have the Dolphins available? <laughs> They're playing the Broncos. Would you like to use the Dolphins, or have you already used them? No, haven't See, used them. See, um, I'm staying away Cowboys from that. Last I'm week. staying away from that game. So you use the Cowboys already? Yeah. That makes sense. But you, you, yeah, you were makes of sense. thinking that, that you take risks. I, I'm of the thinking yeah. you just oh, get yeah. the surest lock. I, I Occasionally I take a risk, yeah. I mean, you're you a Giants roll the guy. Dice. No Saquon. Aren't there a couple other notable injuries for the Giants? Isn't Andrew... Oh, no, Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas Yeah, is out? he got paid. Yeah, now he's missed two games, so... At least he got paid. You know, it's a so shame you don't sound bitter so. with that. <laughs> he's a great. He's a really good player. Well, I did, I, I, they have Micah McFadden, so don't worry. This might be PTSD, and obviously the Texans look like the Texans from last week, but it's just hard for me to have Jags confidence in a Survivor uh, League listen, in the month I'm with of you. September. Yeah. 
I, 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 I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm there yet with them. I would I save understand. that one. I'd save the Jaguars for later. So Chiefs and 49ers would be the route to take this week? I'm not opposed to the Dolphins against the Broncos. The Broncos going to Miami. Didn't I see They're Waddles in concussion protocol? Tyree killed in practice yesterday. I... I Tyree Kill doesn't need a Wednesday practice. Yeah. He, he's rusts his hamstring or whatever they make up. Well, this is the issue, too, when you run into the Thursday night team that you want to pick. Oh, you know, you would yeah. like to get a little bit later in the week, but, you know. No, the least... Ni- listen, the Niners are, a, 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 it's not a sure thing, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. It's pretty close. They're one of the top two teams in the NFC, the Giants are the, the magic Giants. of little gas. That's about the only thing that would Yeah, Bosa's going to be coming off the edge on uh, a backup offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah. Who's the backup quarterback? Who are we getting? Uh, Daniel Jones might be out by. Oh, man. Who is let's, the Giants backup? Let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just pray that Daniel Jones doesn't go out. Uh, Tyrod okay? Taylor. Let's is it Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. Because uh, Tyrod Taylor's terrible. He's had a hell of a run of just being a. I've always liked Tyrod Taylor. Backup in the league. I've always one got like, punctured I by that doctor. Bad when that doctor, you know, punk. Yeah, punctured him wrong, and then Justin Herbert said, "All right, here we go." I mean, he sued him, right? Whatever happened to that lawsuit? Is that what they talk no. about in the West Coast? I was going to say San Diego. Was that the puncturing that saved or not saved? But did that jumpstart Shane Steichen's coaching career? Follow me on this, uh, all right? Okay, I'm with you because that was Herbert's rookie year. Maybe they started him sooner than they would have wanted to start him. So, Mark, look that up. That was early in the season, right? Uh-huh. When Tyrod Taylor got punctured. That was the COVID Ugh. year as well. I, I want to say it was like September-ish. Week uh, two of the 2020 week, season. Yeah. Against okay. Kansas City. So, boom, he's out after one game. Justin Herbert comes in as a rookie, sets an NFL record for most touchdown yeah. passes and, and there you go. as a rookie. Shane Steichen then goes to Philly with Nick Sirianni, and the rest is history. This is also, like, low-key, and I don't know how to feel about this. I, I would, This may be something we can get into tomorrow. I, I feel myself being being pulled in different directions that I think there's a lot of people that are like, if Minshew starts on Sunday, that it's not only is it not the end of the world, KB, but maybe the drop-off, the game, sure, the game plan, it looks different, but maybe the drop-off isn't crazy. Like if Daniel Jones is out and you put in Tyrod Taylor or a number of different other quarterback you know, situations in the NFL. But I'm also like, well, what is that? Then I am almost feel like I'm denigrating Anthony Richardson when I say that. The more I praise Minshew, well, can, I, can I praise Minshew without it sounding like, well, you know, you can miss Anthony Richardson because, you know, they keep it close. This is another game you walk away and you feel like in three weeks, Shane Sykin's done a pretty damn good job. Well, coaching. I think there was a conversation at the start of the year. I don't know. I, I don't think I was really in this boat, but certainly you had people that were like, well, Minshew would win you more games here in 2023. Right. That was an easy thing to say. So if that's something that you thought, then yeah, if you're pointing to Sunday. Now, did two games change that? Did five quarters of Anthony Richardson change that that thought? Obviously, Minshew looked fine, I thought, on, on I, Sunday. I mean, I mean, better R- than fine. Richardson's frankly. looked better than I thought. I agree with James Boyd, yeah. probably a little bit on that. You know, Especially because he would have scored four touchdowns on Sunday. I thought one and game. one through two weeks, but I didn't think the quality of play that I've seen over the course of eight quarters, that to me has looked right. better than I thought we would see. But I, I still think, in terms of Sunday, the loss of Ryan Kelly, the domino effect off of that would be bigger than the loss of Anthony Richardson. Certainly today will be a big, big practice day for both of those guys and so we'll continue to keep you updated on that end all right we'll get the Ravens side of it coming up in the nine o'clock hour before that let's lead off a morning checkdown from a straight kick in the you know what for Reds fans the morning checkdown on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
Yeah, bad day for everyone in the NL wildcard race except for Arizona. Their winner 7-1. They put San Francisco absolutely to sleep. The Marlins losers, the Cubs losers in Wrigley to the Pirates, and of course the Reds led 3-2 in runs the ninth. last night, Mark? Quite a bit. It was like, <sighs> like yeah, it was 13-1 eight, eight to to at one point. Then the Cubs had a grand slam. It was 8-6. to six. Then, yeah, the Pirates scored again. It was like 13-7, to seven, I think, was the Yeah, 13-7 was score. the final there. The Reds led late, did not uh, win uh, 5-3 the final there in Great America. Can we go back on this? All right, seven innings for Hunter Green yesterday. 14 strikeouts. You're paying this dude how much money? 92 pitches through seven innings. You can't tell me he can't go out there for the eighth? I mean, yeah, he can't get to 105 pitches. 107. I mean, what are we doing here? September 20th. Yeah. What are we doing here? Are you Seven saying, games no? left. Are you saying David Bell might not know what he's doing? I, boy, Mark, that's a very <laughs> intelligent comment. <laughs> no one cares about baseball managers until right now. God. <laughs> I mean, what? I, I, it's, like, I'm in a Reds text with some buddies. And as oh, soon as that seventh inning ended, I said, I said complete game back in the fifth. I was like, you have got to continue to ride him. This is why you give him all that money. The pitch count's still low. 14 strikeouts. I mean, that's an eye-popping number. And then you pull him, and what do you know? You give up one in the eighth. You give up three in the top of the ninth. And you're going to be watching here in a few weeks. Didn't this game... You, call, you waving the towel now? That was a kick he's in the you-know-what. He's been waving the towel. Didn't all of this happen when you were interviewing Gardner Minshew and you were in the locker room for the Colts? Wasn't I, it about the eighth inning? It was en route back here to our building downtown. Uh, Eddie Garrison and I recording our Wednesday afternoon podcast. And I was you know, getting updates in the box score. And I just knew full well what was about to happen. Well, where are you going to go? I, I agree, Mark. Play it even more. Are you going to abandon mm-hmm. being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon... Yeah. following this team? Nope. By the way, the AL wild card is also Deserve close. It. That's kind of four for three, right? Whereas the A or there's like one team that's kind of outside looking in, whereas yeah, the NL is probably like two or three. Yeah, it's a three-team race. Uh, one of them's not going to make it in the AL. The the Blue Jays second, then the Rangers and the Mariners. Yeah, and then there's quite the drop off. Then the it's Yankees. like the Yankees are eight games back. Yeah, so that's the wild card. Uh, Reds losers, 5-3, off day today. How about the Indianapolis Indians? 19 runs two days ago, 14 yesterday. 33 runs in the first two games of their final series. This says, says right here, Hunter Green's 14 Ks, the youngest Red to do so since 1967. At least he got that win. Oh, wait. I, this is where I just want to. You could have put throw, him away too, Mark. Throw up a middle finger up to Mark. You really could have. You know, good effort from the Cubs yesterday mm-hmm. on that end. All right, tonight we've talked about it. Ten and a, is it ten and a half? Ten. Ten and a half is what. Ten I've and seen. a half. That is the underdog that the New York Giants will be against the San Francisco 49ers. Again, it's pretty crazy through two weeks here. The NFC has seven two and O teams. That is the most ever uh, for a conference. Uh, dating back to 1970, the NFC South and the NFC East have six of those 2-0 teams, and then the 49ers would be the seventh. Um, so that's Thursday Night Football on Amazon. Uh, one last one. Do you mind if I throw out some Mike Woodson sound from yesterday? Yeah. Do you want something from uh, w- some from Sheriff saying, Woody? You were saying something that, well, that like younger me would have liked or something along Can we do lines? that on the other end of the break? Okay. Is that sure, okay? Sure. But here's Mike Woodson. He wants to win titles. I figure we get we throw in something, Indiana, right? They IU Media Day. Yeah, yesterday. they had IU Media Day. I took this job to win Big Ten titles and national titles, and I've fallen short the f- first two years. 
I'm always optimistic as a coach when I go into a season. This season's no differently. We got to go and win a Big Ten title. And then once we get fortunate to get into tournament play, then we figure it out there. They were picked, uh, I think, the Hoosiers' fifth in the Big Ten by the uh, the fellas at Field of 68, Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster, etc., if you care about such things. So there you go. Boom. Some ass. I mean, every time I hear him talk, Mark, I think that the kick some ass comment is about to come. Mm-hmm. Can you play that one more time? Sure. Absolutely. Let's kick some ass. Now, again, love it. refresh our memory here. That was a cameo that... Purdue fans paid for. Uh huh. And he called them. It was for Matt Painter, but he called him Maddie because I don't think he knew it was obviously a joke. Or I guess so. that would have been IU fans, right? Trying to express that. Oh no, he's saying let's kick some ass, Maddie. Like you should out yeah. coach. Mm-hmm. You should out coach IU. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh-huh. Purdue fans. How much yeah. is a Mike Woodson cameo? A couple hundred dollars. I think we looked it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm I sure you did. Was like, I'll it look it up. I thought, I, I thought it wasn't too bad, actually. Yeah, I, that was a big thing during COVID, right? I, I wasn't guess. the cameo I'm just thing. Like, wait a minute, how much is Mike Woodson making? Is he really on the team bus, like recording cameos? I mean, uh, what is uh, that paying for? I, I think his rate has increased. It's one thirty now for a personal video. That's not even that bad. I kind of feel like that's a deal. Didn't we look up like Miller Cop was like three hundred or oh, four hundred yeah. or oh, something? Oh yeah, there's a there's a whole there's some wild prices where you're like that's a bargain. Otherwise, like what the hell? Again, Indiana Purdue Big Ten schedule came out earlier this week. It'll be a Tuesday in Bloomington this year, January sixteenth. It'll be a Saturday in West Lafayette on February tenth. So on the other side, we'll get to why Andy enjoyed a Mike Woodson comment from yesterday. Get more into is it going to be Gardner Minshew on Sunday? There's some history with the Ravens for Gardner Minshew. Is that good? Is that bad? We'll touch on that as well. Wake up call. A little bit of an overcast Thursday here in Indy with KB and Andy on 93.5-1075, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Coming up top of the hour, Tim Barbalace will join us. Ravens pregame, also afternoon host there at 105.7. I'm going to mix up our stations. We're 107.5 or 105.7. I saw that. I'm like, am I, I, yeah. is my eyesight yeah. off with these, you know, contacts? Well, it's the 2020 contact solution, <laughs> Kev. Yeah. yeah. Again, uh, KB has contact solution that he found in the break room mm-hmm. yeah. from 2020. Feel so. my eye turning just red right now. I can't believe that's not something you just have with you all the time. You must have taken out of your backpack or something? I don't know. What's going on with yeah. that? I usually bring eye drops. I just, I just don't have any today. I'm starting to lose it. You are starting to lose it. Oh, you're, yeah. you're focused for a big weekend of football. Uh, speaking of, it is a big weekend. Obviously, Colts and Ravens Sunday. All of that coverage beginning at 9 a.m. All right, so we teased it on one side of the break. And you guys just got to give me a second on this. And I don't know how much you guys will care. But I believe, so I'm 39. KB, you're what, 35? Just turned 34. Oh, okay, so there there you go. And, and Mark, I don't know your musical taste. Uh, I'm all over the board. I, I, I figured that would be the case. But I can see 
see a younger uh, KB with Whoa. the boys going, you know, going out on a big night, whether it be a thirsty Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, whatever it may be. Yesterday, uh, IU announced. I don't know. Did you happen to see who they announced to I, be? I, I did, and I got a little chill. Okay, so yeah, that's uh-huh, that's what uh-huh. I that, see. Now yeah. you know what I'm talking about yeah. because college kids, whether you're a college kid uh, in Bloomington today in 2023, or if you were back, when did you go to college again? Graduated 2012. Boom. If you graduated mm-hmm. in 2012, I graduated college in 2006. Okay, and it's exactly the same. Gucci, Gucci Mane, going to be the musical uh, performance. Scooch. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> tell me every college kid. I might have heard that a time or two. Tell me, tell me how many times did you guys play Gucci when you were getting ready to go out on a Friday or Saturday night in Bloomington? Yeah, and don't it, lie to me. Yeah, it, it wasn't a night of going out if you weren't throwing Scooch. a little bit of that on. <laughs> Look at you spinning them over there. Oh uh, well, you know, I, I did go through at 6:30 this morning and try to find him. Gucci. Him saying that, you know, because, you know, it's very explicit content. Hey, Nikki, can you quiet down over there? I've got to hey, find shut some up. Gucci here. Shut up. So that is the Midnight Madness, or what do they call it now? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Hoosier Hysteria. Hoosier Hysteria. And it's a thin line between you're catering to the college kids, but there are still a few old sweater people that are in attendance. Well, and that's what makes me happy about all of this. I don't think they're going to get a vote on the Midnight Madness <laughs> Act there. Oh, who yeah. was it last year? I need to Google. Didn't they have somebody I, I, I in the same it vein? Being this notable. But you agree with me, the Gucci thing, like that's going to get college kids to go crazy, right? Oh, sure. Like you sure, could not sure. do better. Yeah. Who would, what would be, who did Archie Miller bring in? Who would be the. <laughs> or like the. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Doobie Brothers yeah, or was, something. That's what I was trying to think. What's the joke there with Archie Miller the and Doobie Brothers? <laughs> Maybe that would have been the Samson era, honestly, with uh, how that's things uh, kind of unraveled there. Oh, late. man. Yeah, I don't know. So does that, does that bring the recruits in? A little Gucci action? I guess it does. I don't know. I, I would hope it does. So where did you say Goodman had them ranked? Are you in the fifth? Big Ten? In, fifth, fifth in the Big Ten. Was it Purdue and Michigan State? Uh, yeah, at the, at, at the top. Yes, yeah. I, th- I think it's Michigan State one, Purdue two, if I'm not mistaken. So there you go, little Gucci. Scooch. G Herbo was 2022. I have no idea who that is. Boy, yeah, I can't say that. That rings a bell. Yeah, I told you about the Soldier Boy concert that I went to back in the day. Uh, did you really? In in, in Bloomington. Yeah. Did you learn the dance? I saw moves? Roderick Wilmot there. Him and I were wearing the same shorts. IU legend Roderick Wilmot. What were the shorts? I guess. Yeah, I just he's black. Uh, okay, you know, it's a natural follow up. Yeah, I don't know. Probably cargo shorts oh. is what I was rocking. To be young again, KB. Yeah. To be to be young again. This is actually something I would love to go to. Oh uh, well, you I, should go. Well, that's what I'm saying. I could sit with all the. Could the, you be an MC? Oh man, Lil Gas needs to go to his first oh, hell concert. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we had some. I friends. love that. Shout out to Marty McGlynn and Chris Fangman. They did a. Um, I, I, I guess you'd call it a cover of uh, Lemonade, the Gucci song, and they called it Lemonade in My Teacup. It really was one of the hits of Bloomington for a long time. It still is a great song. I have it on my uh, iTunes that I occasionally will will play. I'll be I'll be up there with with Alex Bozich and Pete Deprimu, and I'm trying to think of all the uh, Osterman. And oh, Osterman will be up there, sure. bopping his head to some Gucci Mane. You know, all the journalists. About a month, month and a half away from things getting underway. Obviously, a whole lot of anticipation for year three of the Woods. Era and how does Purdue respond from the end to last season? Uh, Gardner Minshew, he's played against the Ravens before. Does that matter? Do we care? 
Uh, I don't care. Okay, so no, that's, that's worthless. Well, I mean, I don't think it's worthless, but it's not. It's not going into into my analysis too much. Is that fair to say? They lost the game. Jacksonville did a one in thirteen Jacksonville team yeah. a few years ago. They lost the game forty to fourteen. So when you see the score, I'm like, oh man, Minshew must have been terrible. Then you look at the box score. Andy, he was twenty two of twenty nine, seventy five percent, two hundred and twenty six yards, decent, two touchdowns. No picks. It's like, damn, how'd they lose 40-14 to 14 when he <laughs> well, was like that? Because of the 40. Uh, he was sacked five times and a safety early in the game. So I, I do think it matters a little bit. And just like, all right, this guy has seen you know, this Ravens defense. I know the coordinators have changed. But again, Wink Martindale um, was there for a long time. It's a disciple of him, now the defensive coordinator. And I think when you're playing you know, a, a team and a defense that's known for their sophistication, exotic nature, disguising, however you want to describe it, I do think that plays into it just a little bit that if he is going to be the guy on Sunday, there's not going to be kind of the awestruck nature to it. He has seen it a little bit before. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all, but certainly with Minshew, what do you expect if it is him? You expect the ball out quick? You expect dink and dunk central. I couldn't believe this, and I'm curious how much is this Joe Burrow injury related. Burrow did not attempt to pass longer than 15 yards against the Ravens. Yeah, which is which is weird. Attempt a pass, right? You know, I mean, I was that to me is like, wow, he was really dink and dunk central. So you know, where Minshew excels, of course, is you know putting guys in position to make plays after the catch, thanks to his you know very much on time proper ball placement, all of those things. Can he do that against a defense that I think will be a little bit more on the attacking, trying to dictate to you? Yeah, you know, when you when you mention Minshew, let me ask you this. Today, if Anthony Richardson doesn't practice today, is Friday's show, or you know, if it comes out later in the day, the end of Jake's show into JMV, do we then tomorrow morning we then talk about this game through the eyes of Gardner Minshew being the starting quarterback, or are we still holding out hope that he can do enough on Friday as a young quarterback, uh, and then you know whatever they do on Saturday and Sunday morning to be ready? Because we're not we're not there yet, but I feel like I'm trying to think about tomorrow morning at seven o two, right? That tomorrow at seven o two, the conversation is get ready for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I have to double-check this, Andy, but technically, let's first talk concussion protocol before we talk quarterback reps. I think technically you could still clear protocol if he doesn't practice today. Richardson, that is. Um, You would have your limited practice on Friday, the final practice of the week. Saturday, I think you can administer some sort of contact test Who knows what that exactly looks like. And Richardson could go through that. Independent neuro would then clear him on Sunday morning. And theoretically, he could clear in time. So that's the first question you have. I think you can make the argument the bigger question you'd have under that scenario is that's now two mispractice days for a guy making a third NFL start. Right. So is that enough time? I tend to think that's where you would draw the line and say, no, I know I've been a proponent of playing him. But I do think there's an element of like, you still would like to get over half of the practice reps in. He has that available today if he practices. Of course, that would be eliminated tomorrow if he were to not practice. And, you know, for what it's worth, you still have Sam Ellinger, you know, on your team, and he's been dressing as that third quarterback. So 
for those curious of the Colts would or need to make another quarterback move, I would say no. You would just have Ellinger be the backup for Gardner Minshew if need be. Yeah, a couple different things. Here's what Shane Steichen, he gave an update, not much, obviously, on Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly. He did this yesterday. I'll just start off uh, in regards to Anthony and Ryan Kelly. Um, they're both in the protocol. They won't practice today, uh, but they're both progressing well. So you knew you weren't going to get much from Steichen yesterday. Speaking of third quarterbacks, can I give you guys a Levis update? Oh, boy. See what Taylor uh, Swift? No, did you happen to – There's. Uh, I had sent to me by a buddy – you know, him and his girl broke up, Levis. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are, okay. are you about to cry? No, I'm not, I'm not about to cry. <laughs> you got a I got nervous coming. for a second. Do, do, do you know what? Uh, there, there's word on the street, KB. There's a word on the street uh, that uh, she was backstage with Morgan Wallen. Oh, boy. Jeez, well, Mark, that's quite the sound effect to play. Well, I'll be talking with Levis. Mayo plop is right at. The, it was perfectly. It was either perfectly timed or terribly timed. There, Wallen's yeah. quite the big well, name right now, well, correct? Oh, you th- yeah, you think he's selling out football stadiums, isn't he? When I first heard his uh. name, of, what, well, about a year or two ago, someone's like, "Yeah, I went to Morgan Wallen last night." I go, "Oh, is that a new restaurant?" <laughs> is that a, right is that, a steakhouse? that was my response. <laughs> Do they have all you can eat wings? Mass Ave has added that on there. <laughs> just get a little update. Since you brought in Ellinger, I thought if we're talking third string quarterbacks, I just got to give my daily 60 second update. Speaking of things that probably no one cares about, uh, the Colts just made a practice squad move where they placed Isaac Taylor Stewart on the practice squad injured list. It hasn't happened too often in a regular season practice. But yesterday, I'm out there watching practice, and obviously, the Richardson, okay, is he here, is he not? Is Ryan Kelly here, right. is he not? You know, Quentin Nelson did not practice yesterday. I, I think they're just managing that, that toe as much as possible. Still expect him to go. But they do special team drills when we're out there, and all of a sudden, you know, they're running down there to cover a kickoff, and this guy goes down, and it looked bad. I mean, like, carted off the field. I mean, you do not see that in practice very often, let alone in the 20 minutes that we get to watch during the regular season. And so it was Isaac Taylor Stewart. Looked like some sort of leg injury. Uh, but, yeah, you just feel awful for these dudes that, like, they are on practice squad. I don't know how the finances exactly work. Practice squad's pretty good money. Pretty good money. And, like, all you yeah. need to do is, yeah. like, stay healthy and work hard, and you're going to make well into six figures throughout an NFL season here. And I'm like, damn, that dude just went down on a scout team drill. Look at you feeling bad. Three pri- yeah, I, I, listen, bad. I'm yeah. with you. So what did they do? They they dumped him? Well, they just They moved. haven't made an, a, a next yeah. move, I guess. Yeah, they just dumped him. They added an offensive lineman to their practice squad. Dakota Shepley has spent some time I, here. I, I asked James Boyd this. Who do you think is second in rushing on Sunday for the Colts? Yeah, is it a good Gar- question. Is it Gardner so Minshew? You're, you're obviously under the hypothetical that Minshew is the starter. I, I, I am I am kind of so executing Moss. radio here as if Gardner Minshew Kay. is like, I'm like 75, 80%. Is that wrong of me to feel that way? And it has nothing to do with him no, not playing. That's fine. It has nothing to do with Richardson not being out there yesterday. That, that, it, that doesn't sway me. It's just the fact that it's a concussion in 2023 in the NFL. Yeah, right? I mean, if you go that's off it. past precedent, if you have a concussion, and you miss the Wednesday practice, you are more likely than not not going to play in that Sunday game. Second leading rusher on Sunday, I'm going to go with a jet sweep, uh, a, a reverse for Isaiah McKenzie <laughs> for McKenzie. eight yards. Okay. I was going to say yeah. jet sweep for Josh Downs. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to go with McKenzie or Downs. Gadget play to Isaiah McKenzie for eight. Jadavian Clowney's just hands on his hips, recovering from the illness that he missed practice. I got a buddy who does sports radio in Nashville, and he hates Clowney. 
He just hates Jadavian Clowney. David asks, does oh. the Cam Akers trade set the market for Taylor? I, no. Feel free to comment. I don't think that's the right no, thing no. to do. No, I mean, Cam Akers has no stats. They haven't been. I mean, Taylor, one of, the best, Achilles, right? yeah, one of the best running backs in the league. You They're know, not Cam even Akers, in the same stratosphere. Yeah, injuries. Cam Akers hasn't got along with Sean McVay. I mean, you know, he's been in and out of the, the lineup and everything else. Quickly, we can do this, and we're going to talk some. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Ravens side of this coming up at the top of the hour here on The Fan. I wanted to throw this, if you don't mind, KB, throw this your way. Stephen Holder in ESPN, uh, uh, Graziano, Fowler. Seth Walder, so Field Yates, Tannenbaum, so all these guys put together. Uh, let's see here, five teams that would be interested in, uh, or I guess four teams that would be interested in Jonathan Taylor. You just want me to read these off for you real sure. quick? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Graziano has the Cleveland Browns, where the Colts would get a 2024 second round pick, and that would leave Cleveland with no picks. Like fourth, like they would have to go to middle part of day three before they made a pick in the NFL draft. Was this article before they signed Kareem Hunt yesterday? Uh, yeah, this is today. Okay. Yeah, this is today. Uh, and Cream Hunt didn't get picked up yesterday. So a second-round pick, uh, and then obviously Cleveland would just get Taylor. The Kansas City Chiefs, Indianapolis, would get a 2024 third-round pick, a 2025 third-round pick, and running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I just don't care for, uh, but that would be the one there. Imagine the Chiefs making that move. Uh, I can, actually. Seth oh. Walder says the Pittsburgh Steelers. Indianapolis would get a 2024 fourth-round pick and Najee Harris. What? Who... They're bailing on Harris already? I mean, he's got... I have to look it up. He might not have 50 yards through two games. KB. He's not and, been good. And his usage is way down. Way down. Uh, and then Field Yates has the Miami Dolphins. He says the Colts would get a conditional 2024 second-round pick that could become a first-round pick. Uh, and then the second offer of the Miami Dolphins, Mike Tannenbaum, says the Colts would get a 2024 second-round pick and safety, Javon Holland. Uh, so there you go. And then hmm. at the very end, Holder, uh, on what he thinks, obviously the Dolphins, those would be the ones that you would look at first. So just something that's up if uh, you're a subscriber there at ESPN.com. Interesting. We'll touch on that again. Get the Ravens' point of view uh, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. It's a wake-up call. Overcast Thursday here in Indy. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, Mark, uh, going into... Yeah. Damn. <laughs> So Dangerous waters here, with the uh, Walmart version there. Mark, we have so far today had shipping up to Boston, right? Dropkick mm-hmm. Murphys. Um, yep. We had a little earth, wind, and fire on yeah. this 21st had... day, soon to be night of September. Jennifer Page crush. Jennifer that Page was... crush, Ooh. yes. And now Gucci Mane. And, and Blink-182. So we're spraying all fields today. Uh, that's what we do. Spraying all fields. A uh, little bit of weather coming up this weekend in Baltimore. Looks like some heavy rain. I would think that plays into the hands of the Colts. Um. I, I, yeah, I, I guess I feel that way too. Footing issues for Lamar Jackson would be something certainly to watch. I uh, think the Colts are pretty stout in the defensive line trench area. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreading that. But what app do you go with on the weather? I w- I actually was just going to Baltimore. I typically for outdoor games. I just go to like their NBC affiliate and yeah. see if they've got a good 
Uh, I, I tend to think that's a little more accurate than the old Apple weather app. You don't go to the Apple terrible. weather app because the, the, the weather app's telling me there's rain in the morning. You got high 50s in the morning, and then by 8 a.m. or so, it's going to kick out of the area, and uh, game time is going to be low 60s and cloudy in Baltimore. Sweatshirt and shorts weather, baby. That's what I told you about. I would think weather would... And inclement weather, rain, wind, I think that would be a good thing for the Colts. I, and probably there's a little bit, little bit of me that's like any time a team is heavily favored and all of a sudden you throw weather yeah. into it, things could get weird. So, I don't know, something to keep an eye on as this is the first outdoor game for the Colts this season. <laughs> that's a good point. I and forgot like, about that. Typically, nowadays, <laughs> you just really don't play many outdoor games. I, I'm trying to think of like how many of the Colts are going to have this season and looking at their schedule, I guess Jacksonville and Carolina. Uh, but then, really, it's that's it through the first couple. Obviously, late in the year, you'll have Tennessee and Cincy, but you'll play in a dome in Atlanta, and uh, obviously, you played in a dome last week in Houston. Well, well, we'll get the Ravens' viewpoint coming up in just a couple minutes. Before we go to break, so I got a buddy uh, nicknamed Hollywood. Okay, oh, uh, he he he's an old he's a, he's an older guy. He's a gambling backstage with Gucci. Well, he's a he's a uh, he's a gambling guy, older guy. He might be listening right now, but he'll send me the tip sheets occasionally just for the weekend. You know, like you know, guys that sure. sell their picks and they'll, they'll give you the breakdown of college in the NFL. They're and I you know I look at him or whatever. They're they're very split on the Colts and Ravens this weekend in terms of covering, yeah, in, right? In terms, not, not yes, money line. In terms of yeah, in terms of covering the spread, they're very split on the Colts and Ravens, and that's with the thinking that Gardner Minshew is going to be the starter on Sunday. So that would be a game I would actually probably stay away from Seven completely. And a half? Yeah, I believe so. And I'd have to look up on DraftKings, but yeah, he sends me five or six of these. And I just kind of look, and they're they're very split on what's going to happen on Sunday. Hollywood. Yeah. He might be listening. Oh, yeah. All right. Shout out to Hollywood here on this Thursday morning. You have probably seen him in a press box and not even known. Really? Wow. Absolutely. Gosh, we're going to have to take this conversation off air. All right. On the other (laughs) side, we will get more into the Ravens from the Baltimore point of view. Again, a long injury report for the Ravens yesterday. Tim Barbales covers the Ravens, works in radio in the Baltimore area. He will join us next. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, You're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, 
you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Yeah, been a fun show, been a fun week of shows. We'll continue getting you ready. Colts and Ravens on Sunday. All that pregame coverage beginning uh, at 9 a.m. And as always, hanging out in the drivehubler.com studios. Well, let's do, you know, obviously we've been talking so much this week, everything from the Colts viewpoint. Uh, let's dive into the Ravens. So much to talk about. Lamar Jackson, the new offensive coordinator there as well. Plus, uh, I mean, I think the Ravens, I picked them to win that division. So no shock that they're 2-0 uh, big win last week over the Bengals. Tim Barbalace joins us from 105.7 The Fan Ravens pregame as well. Tim, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Man, we're doing great. Getting ready for week three of uh, this great NFL season. I guess what the early returns seem to be all positive. Todd Monken takes over there as offensive coordinator. He goes from the college game in Georgia to the Ravens. I, I just watching the Ravens. It seems to me they're a more wide open offense. Maybe more three wide receiver sets. What are those early returns, and and why are they so good? I guess. A ton more three wide receiver sets. Uh, they're they're in eleven personnel a heck of a lot more than they were ever under Greg Roman. And some of that you got to give credit to Eric DaCosta, who was very aggressive this off season in upgrading the Ravens' receiving core. Their receiving core has been one of the worst in football for years and years, and now it's one of the strengths of the team. Another first round pick in Zay Flowers. They brought in Odell Beckham Jr. They brought in Nelson Aguilar, who had a touchdown last weekend the receiving core is a heck of a lot better and you're seeing a lot of differences with this Todd Munkin uh, offense Uh, the running backs are more involved in the passing game there's more of an emphasis uh, on the screen game as well and more horizontal passing Um, but Lamar look it took a half all of the Ravens starting offense did not play at all during the preseason it was an extremely ugly first half of football that uh against the Texans week one. That was essentially their preseason. Then they came out from halftime, scored two touchdowns, and Lamar Jackson was extremely efficient against the Bengals with his arm and with his legs. Again, Tim Barbalace with us here. Um, covers the Ravens from the Baltimore area. 105.7, the fan. Tim, I look at that first injury report of the week, and there are some notable names on that from afar. I was hoping you could dive a little bit deeper into like how notable it's Wednesday, of course, but you know, from an injury report standpoint, things can change as the week moves along. But like I see all pro and like guys that are starters on that list. Uh, how worried are Ravens fans about some of the availability? of those guys. Sure. Uh, Ravens were without several starters last Sunday against the Bengals. I mean, it was an extremely gutty win against Cincinnati. They were underdogs in that game. Marcus Williams, their uh, free safety, John Harbaugh mentioned Monday that he's not going to have surgery on uh, a pec injury. I would not expect him to play this weekend. Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum, they were both described as week-to-week when they both sustained knee and ankle injuries, respectively, uh, after the Texans game. I wouldn't expect them to play. Marlon Humphrey, he underwent foot surgery about a month ago. It always seemed like the target date 
for his return is week four. I would not expect Marlon Humphrey to play. Um, Justice Hill, we were just hearing reports, uh, turf toe, and the Ravens did sign King on Drake to their practice squad. King on Drake, uh, of course, was a part of the Ravens last year. Odell Beckham Jr. is kind of the wild card. Um, He sustained an ankle injury Sunday against Cincinnati in the first half of that game. He was in street clothes in the second half. There have been some initial reports saying that it's not a serious injury, but I would describe his status as very much up in the air. So it's kind of a lot more of the same with the Ravens. Uh, very banged up very early on in the season. Okay, so how does that close in this game up, regardless of who the Colts have at quarterback, Tim? I mean, those are those are really good players that we're talking about on the Baltimore side. Listen, I know they draft well. They have a bunch of good players. Some of these guys may end up playing, but uh, when you guys are previewing the game from your side, I, I don't know how much closer does it make it. You know, Vegas thinks it might be at least you know more than a touchdown. Could it close in the game with all of these guys injured? I mean, I think it absolutely can close in the game. But uh, to be honest, look, we were talking all week long last week about the Ravens' decimated secondary. How are they going to stand up against that Bengals passing attack? Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase did nothing right. in that football game despite Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams not playing in that game. And then offensive line. The offensive line for the Ravens was horrific uh, against the Texans week one. Of course, the Colts just played them. And then they were fantastic against the Bengals without Tyler Linderbaum and Ronnie Stanley. So that was a big-time shock there. Um, but as far as losing Odell, Odell's looked very, very good. Uh, during training camp and had a couple of catches week one against the Texans. It looked like he was kind of primed for a bigger game against Cincinnati. He had three catches early on in that football game, but the Ravens do have the depth to kind of withstand that at the receiver position for the first time in a while. Look, does it absolutely close in the game? Sure. I mean, these are big-time players for the Ravens, but I still believe they have the depth to you know, uh, get by this week. Tim, anything you can point to uh, for Lamar Jackson in such an improvement in his completion percentage? I mean, I know it's two games. We've talked about the offensive coordinator change. Certainly the receivers. I got a little bit of a uh, facelift in the offseason. But anything else you can point to and why Lamar Jackson has had a significant jump in his completion percentage? Um. I would say that this offense really hasn't tried to push the ball downfield all that much. Dave Flowers had a deep ball against Cincinnati, but aside from that, they, they, they haven't really gone for a lot of deep shots, and Lamar has typically struggled with deep balls throughout his career. I think with Lamar this year, it's hitting the layups. I mean, it's a lot more of these screen games, intermediate passing. He's always been a great passer over the middle of the field. I think it's just more Todd Munkin setting him up for success and a big uh, flaw for Greg Roman. I mean, he'd get eviscerated by fans and <laughs> analysts, uh, yep. analysts about uh, route spacing and, and passing concepts to where I, I, one of you said it. Uh, look, wide receivers and some guys are just a heck of a lot more open than we've been accustomed to seeing. 
Tim, I, I am maybe grasping at straws here, so apologize for that. But the Colts had a second-round pick in 2019, a very high second-round pick in Rock Yassin. Uh, it did not work out very well here in Indianapolis. He ultimately was traded for Yannick Ngakwe. The Colts then Ngakwe left after a year. So, you know, I, I think you can kind of call that a bust of a pick. I know he hasn't played a ton of snaps, but with the Marlon Humphrey injury, I was kind of curious, wh- what has Rocky seen been like in his first season there in Baltimore? So he got banged up during training camp, missed a lot of time, barely played in that Texans game because – at cornerback, the Ravens have been so, so deep for so many years now, but you can't really say that's the case this year. Rocky Sim was signed in May uh, to be a starter outside Marlon Humphrey, and during training camp, he had his struggles. He absolutely did. He had a great, great, great uh, pass breakup on Jamar Chase in the end zone uh, this past week. But like I said, we just haven't seen a ton of him through two games. He, he play, came in at the end of the Texans game, played a good bit more against Cincinnati, but it's hard to really put a label on him just because he has missed a, a decent chunk of time. Tim Barbalace with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I, you know, I'm just looking, you know, watching this team, looking at the box scores. We've talked so much about Anthony Richardson running and Lamar Jackson. Uh, obviously, those two. That would be if we knew AR was playing. It'd be quite the week, kind of leading up to to these two quarterbacks can be so dynamic. Uh, but when Dobbins went down, next man up, and we've seen the Ravens do that for so many years. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. I'm just curious. We talked about it here. Did you guys mention at all, Jonathan? Taylor and possibly trading for him when Dobbins went out? Um, We've talked a little bit about it. I would be very surprised if Eric DaCosta was to make that move because, as you guys know, if, if you're a team trying to acquire Jonathan Taylor, you're going to have to come up with a bag to pay him. And I just – the Ravens really have not – paid a ton of running backs over their franchise's history. Ray Rice is the last guy to get a decent bag, and that was 10-plus years ago at this point. I would be very surprised um, at this point if the Ravens were to make a move. Gus Edwards has been here since Lamar Jackson's rookie year, and quite frankly, I think he's one of the more underrated players in all football. Um, He's averaged 5.2 yards per carry for his career, over five yards per carry in each individual season. And Justice Hill has kind of really uh, found a role in this Todd Munkin offense is more of that passing, uh, uh, receiving back, and he's a great pass blocking back, but his status very much up in the air for this weekend because he's, he's dealing with a toe injury. Tim, great stuff. Um, I think this is probably the toughest challenge the Colts will have all year long. I know there are some injuries that certainly are notable for Baltimore, but when you consider the road environment and the MVP quarterback uh, and what Baltimore does defensively, I think it'll be quite the chest for the Colts. So thank you for the time this morning uh, and enjoy Sunday and good luck to the Orioles as they make their run. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. Tim Barbalace, right there. Appreciate Payless it, Tim. Liquors hotline. You know, I've said that a couple times here this week, Andy, of I do think on paper when you say on the road, when you say Lamar Jackson, when you say the Baltimore defense, um, I think this is the toughest match that the Colts will face all season long. But I don't think we can overlook this injury situation for Baltimore. I you could make an argument, Andy. You'd almost rather have the Colts injury situation than Baltimore's, oh, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, the only difference is their roster 
they're just so solid, right? They I mean, ba- yeah, Baltimore is so solid yeah. that Lamar Jackson goes out and they shuffle in quarterbacks. You know, the thing, it, there's there's no way for me to put this. There's like, I, I, you know, you can look at data and you can look at box scores and everything else. If the Colts defense can just, if, if Lamar Jackson could have one of those sleepy games, do you know what I mean? Just a, just a, like a nice performance. But I mean, last year, Lamar had some sleepy games. Sleepy games. I like well, the way you describe I, like, that. Like, yeah. not, not bad games, like still good games, but you know, some games where instead of 75% completion percentage, it's 55% uh, completion percentage where you're not allowing him to be able to go down the field. And if Duvernay is injured and Odell Beckham is not out there. And if it's a rain game. Yeah, and maybe you have a little rain. Like just one of those things where the Ravens aren't in A. Like at times against Cincinnati last week, they were Right, if they can just be a B minus, and then you throw in defensive injuries, and then you throw in, you know, Minshew can score early, and you throw in the the you know uh, the defensive line. Let's let's just say what it is: the defensive line for the Colts has passed the test the first couple weeks of the season for the most for the most part. At least I think uh, the beginning of the season, you make a couple plays. I don't know if you can just get Lamar in one of these games where he's 216 yards and not 285 yards, and you can keep him uh, corralled where he's not making those dynamic runs where he's three or four yards per carry instead of you know busting down the seam for 25 yards and you know clicking off those those first downs and kind of stay in the game. That's what the Colts are going to have to do. That's what I'm looking. It's, it's almost like I'm almost. We haven't focused on the defense of the Colts enough because of the Anthony Richardson stuff this week, which is understandable. Yeah, the Colts right now, Andy, they lead the NFL in tackles for loss this season. 17 of them. Obviously, that is a strong indicator of how your defensive line, your defensive front has played. I mean, certainly playing a couple of banged up offensive lines aid you in that, and it looks like that could be the case again on Sunday. This could be the third straight week you're facing uh, an offensive line minus a stout left tackle, not just a left tackle, a very stout left tackle. Uh, And then at center, uh, this could be the second straight week that it's a backup center in the lineup for the Colts. But, you know, that defensive line production, that's notable. I mean, leading the league and creating negative plays, I mean, if you're able to do that, that does wonders for you. And, you know, Baltimore's been the best third down team in the league this season. Well, if you can create negative plays early on in series, that obviously is going to put them into some third and longs. And I think that could be big and not allow, you know, Todd Monk and their new offense coordinator to have such an open playbook with Lamar Jackson on those third down situations. I do think, and the Colts really have been this throughout in the Chris Ballard era. It's been probably one of the more positive elements of the Ballard-built teams. They've been a really good run defense team. Very stout against the run, no matter if it was the Eberflus era or now Gus Bradley here each of the last two seasons. I do think the challenge with Baltimore run game-wise is a little different. I mean, this is kind of like a college rushing offense. or Honestly, it's a little bit like the Colts and how they've changed their rushing attack this season with all the multiplicity 
that comes with having a dual threat quarterback. And, you know, obviously in Jackson's case, pretty much every game he's played in the NFL, he's been the fastest guy on the field. So. Yeah, seventh. Right now, the Colts in yards per game rushing are seventh in the NFL. And they're right behind Baltimore. <laughs> if you're wondering who sixth is, uh, it would be the Baltimore Ravens. Like, for instance, like the Odell Odell injury. You know, I joke with Odell because he shunned my team and he got tackled by a, by, by a kicking net and all those other things. But, you know... That's a big drop-off if he's not out there for the next guy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a big, to I me, that's a big drop-off. I mean, what has Beckham done this year? Didn't we? Uh, we did five or six catches. Yeah, I mean, he, he left early last week. I do think they have. I mean, and Zay Flowers, he's been a really, he's really the guy. good rookie yeah, here early in the year. You know, brought this up earlier in the week. Mark Andrews, their tight end, absolutely torched the Colts in that wild Monday night game. These two teams played on Monday night a couple years ago, Andy. Colts had a 22-3 lead late in the third quarter in one of the more methodical comebacks you'll ever see. Mark Andrews caught two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and both two-point conversions in that game. Probably the most astonishing stat from that game, Lamar Jackson completed 86% of his passes and threw for over 400 yards. (laughs) I remember the game. Obviously, that stands out. You want to hear crazy talk? Carson, yeah. Carson Wentz threw for over 400 yards in that game. Carson Wentz. Who lives where? Here. Uh, yeah, I know. That's he's why up I, in Boone that, County, that's, baby. that's why I always get scared is uh, he's going to hear something that I say. <laughs> well, is he out, uh, is he out hunting? In, Carson, give us a call. Uh, is he out hunting or something? What's he doing? Big game hunting today? What does what Carson Wentz do on his day off? Didn't he have like an Instagram a couple weeks ago of like, you know, he big did. game hunting and want to be throwing darts on Sunday again. And I was like, oh boy, that's when's it the like, uh, When's it like turkey hunting season? I feel like it's upcoming, right? I, I know very little. About I, I was about to say, if, if there's somebody who would know less Get about hunting than, than KB, please tell <laughs> us who it would be. Yeah. <laughs> 400 yards he threw for in that game. That was a wild game. You had Jonathan Taylor take a screen 75 yards for a touchdown. That was the game, remember, when you had a hot rod, the kicker. He, like, got hurt in warm-ups, but then they still kicked him. And then at one point, like, Sanchez was kicking. It was wild. I think I had the over in that game. That had to have hit, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it hit. Goodness, it a, one team was in the 40s. You better believe it. Does Baltimore have the greatest weapon of any team in the NFL when it comes to kicking and Justin Tucker? He did miss a 60-some-odd yarder earlier this uh, well, I say earlier this season. I think it was Sunday against Cincinnati. You're saying he's human? Well, the reason I know that I think I have him in our uh, in our fantasy league here, and it was like a 62-yard field goal. You drafted him in round two? Well, what did mm-hmm. he miss? I go, of course, the one time I've had Justin Tucker, he can't make the 62-yard field goal. But every time I faced him, he's been banging 62-yard field goals every single week. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure it's I, a 60-yarder. I need you two to step it up in the fantasy league. By well, the one way. I'm, one. Carrying, the, I'm carrying the show Mark? right now. Now. I, aren't I leading the league in scoring or up there? <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. I, I'm just tad. I'm looking right now. Rough opponents. I am in a league that total points are, can matter, but it doesn't matter on our ESPN format. You are nowhere near the top of the, the <laughs> highest scoring. I, I, I thought you were saying that I scored over 100 in each of the first two games. I mean, it says you you have 214.8 total yeah, points. that's not good. Uh, that's not great. That's 107 per week. You I actually mean, have the second lowest, yeah. actually. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of our... You're actually uh, the worst team in the entire league. Maybe, maybe Not I'm the worst, our, but he's right there. Of our podcast league. That's where I'm 2-0. Kevin's Corner. 
But Mayo Plop is not 2-0. Oh. No. 0-2 oh for the old ploppers. Is, this, is that the Nick Chubb league? One of the yeah. leagues I've got Nick Chubb Yeah, you Chubb got in. Nick Chubb, Aaron Rodgers. Odell. Does he have Odell? No, he had like Deontay Johnson. Yeah, that's who it was. Deontay Johnson. Alvin Kamara. Oh. Well, that oh. one's about to help me. Well, you better hope so. Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back. Little three game that. suspension. He'll be back. Nothing like fantasy football updates to keep Boy, the listeners uh, really, I, the, really, really engaged. Next, TSL, we're gonna talk, next I'm we're gonna spent talk, listening. We're going to talk golf here coming up next. <laughs> Steve Stricker talk at 9 30. That'd be the perfect show for you Notre Dame football, fantasy football, and golf. <laughs> the pop quiz in a few. 317. Cup. 239, 1070. Uh, no matter who you are a fan of yesterday, Reds or Cubs, Ugh. it was not good. Let's lead off the morning check down with that. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Yeah, Reds losers, Marlins losers, Cubbies losers, the Diamondbacks, the only winners. They're a game and a half now up on uh, everybody. They're sitting uh, safely at that second spot. The Cubs still, right now, if it were all to end today, they would be in the postseason. The Marlins a half game back, and then Cincinnati sits uh, one game back. And Cincinnati, after losing two or three to the Twins, they now get Pittsburgh. Okay, so Pittsburgh... Well, they're off today, right? Yeah, they're off Cubs today. They're, they're off today, and then a three-game set with Pittsburgh, and then it's five straight to end everything. Two at Cleveland, and then three in St. Louis. Yeah, all to, on the road from here. To mm-hmm. end to end everything. So Pittsburgh having a lot to say with the, with the Cubbies this week, and then the Reds coming up this weekend, but the Reds a full game back with eight to play. Reds had that game one, and then the ninth inning happened, and they gave up three and one. Well, the eight. I mean, starting the eighth. But yeah, and then and then the ninth put the cherry on top. Uh Nick and Shane chiming in. Deer and turkey bow season start October first. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought Here it was go. coming up. Get ready. Carson Wentz time. Would he turn an NFL team down for that? To go bow hunting? <laughs> yeah. Is he a bow hunter? Do we know if Carson Wentz is a bow hunter or is I know he just a, a gun? is very active and Carson Wentz. Isn't Vinatieri jacked? Like he's huge, huge. right? Yeah. Like like he's super muscular, mm-hmm. and his son lifts weights too. I remember they they put those out a couple yeah, oh years yeah. ago. Him and his son lifting weights. Yeah. Big I don't time. know if I want my kicker to be jacked. Would you call Sebastian Janikowski <laughs> jacked? No, I call a, him fat. He's he a thick boy. <laughs> Third and one. I always thought Janikowski could move the chains. Speaking of trying to move the chains, it's what well, the Giants will try Ugh. to do tonight without Saquon Barkley, without Andrew Thomas. It is a very banged up Giants team, ten and a half point underdog, taking on the 49ers. Andy Sweeney, you have said if you would touch that line, no, it would be the 49ers. It would be the Niners. You want me to give you, do you, do you follow Warren Sharp at all, who's like a numbers guy, NFL guy? Yeah, I've you seen some him? of his work. Okay, yeah. uh, the Giants pass the ball to wide receivers at the 24 highest rate. They passed the tight ends at the se- uh, the seventh highest rate. The Niners' defense ranks number one against r- defending running backs, number two against tight ends, only number 22 against defending wide receivers. So basically, what the Giants do well, the Niners take away, and what the Giants don't do well, uh, the the Niners aren't good at. It's a, it's a bad matchup. You sound optimistic. Yeah, the Niners' defense ranks number two defending passes between the hashes. How about that? And that's the only place the Giants throw it. It could get bad tonight. Take the Niners. Take the Niners. Take the Niners.
You want me to give you more, Mike Woodson? So, oh, I was going to go no, Colts. Okay. Second well, practice of the week for the Colts. Again, the injury report yesterday, Quentin Nelson did not practice due to a toe. We saw him miss the first two days last week. Again, this could be something that he might just need to play through all year long, uh, but I have no concern over him playing. Coming up on Sunday, Anthony Richardson did not practice but was practice. So you think of light exposure, loud music. I mean, it was sunny. It was hot yesterday. If a guy is having concussion symptoms still multiple days removed from the game, you're not going to have them at practice. So I would say a good sign on Richardson being at practice. Ryan Kelly was not there when the open media portion was there. So um, still both those guys did not practice remaining concussion protocol. Today is the vital day for either of them to practice in order to clear concussion protocol by Sunday. So uh, certainly today is a big, big day to watch. And as we mentioned a little bit earlier, the Baltimore Ravens injury report Mm. has several all pro pro bowl type of guys on that list here. So it could be a couple of banged up units, probably a little bit more quantity and quality wise for Baltimore though, uh, leading into Sunday. All right, you want a piece of Mike Woodson audio? Is this? I'm, I'm a, I would like I'm just, thoughts on Gucci. I'm, I'm just forcing Mike Woodson on you. Uh, here's what he had to say about Mackenzie Mbako. That was a big story around here when he got him, right? Mackenzie Mbako? Yeah, the five-star I mean, yeah. kid who was committed to Duke. Stolen then, from Duke, from yeah. Nike to Adidas. How about that? Here's what Woodson had to say yesterday was IU Media Day. Only time will tell. You know, he's capable of putting the basketball in the hole. He's shown that this summer. You know, we got to help him as coaches and put him in the best position possible to be successful and help us. So I'm expecting big things from him, but I'm not putting a lot of pressure on him. He's, he's a freshman. I am. And we go a little something <laughs> like this. Now they, s- I mean, <laughs> he does sound just like him. Jake made s- that made that analogy before, and it's perfect. They steal him from Duke. I I, I thought didn't like the Duke kid come back. He was going to enter the draft, and then he came back, and then CAA represented what was it, Mbako, and who's the other kind of the wing that Duke had committed? Oh, basically, yeah. CAA saying, well, there's only room for one of them to play at Duke, so <laughs> let's put the other one in the recruiting. Re-recruitment, and then it was okay. Who's got the NIL money plus playing time? Kansas and Indiana merge. Indiana merges more than Kansas. Yeah, because that's I'm under the impression that's how it went down. That's probably factually how it went, but it feels better for the IU fan today if I say they they went in there and they and they stole him from John Shire. Just sounds better. (laughs) Very curious to see how this new look Indy like it is going to be a big front court. Um, Guard-wise, Trey Galloway shooting the basketball certainly will be something to watch. And then Xavier Johnson, who certainly a couple years ago was a massive reason why Indiana got into the tournament with this late-season run. And there's been times where... Xavier Johnson makes you want to go see a cardiologist. Before we go to break, uh, Scotty is here. We're going to have the pop quiz in about five minutes, so get your phone calls in. He's in all New York Giants garb today. Is that a Lawrence Tynes jersey? Okay, so that's what I was going to say. It's a number eight. I'm like, that's surely not a Daniel Jones jersey. And we we pass in the hallway at, what, like 6 o'clock, 6.05 today. Do you know whose jersey that is, that number eight jersey? Because I do. I knew knew immediately who, uh, who my second option was. It's not Lawrence Tynes? It's not Lawrence Tynes. Is he number nine? Hmm. Do I know this person, Scotty? I mean, you you know this person? I don't know if he's still at ESPN or not. I don't know if he was... Tim Hasselbeck. Tim Hasselbeck. There you go. Now, he's the one where his wife's on The View... Or is that the other? Ha- or was on the View? Yeah. Or is that the that's other Tim, Hasselbeck? That's Tim, okay. yeah. Okay. Matt Hasselbeck's a great individual. 
Now he was he part of the layoffs for ESPN? Yeah, yes, he was. I, I, I'm pretty sure he was one of you know he was one of the 42 guys, former players yeah. that they had on their pregame show. I don't think he made it. Uh, It is time for the pop quiz. Uh, 317-239, as Andy said, taking a gander here at the answers for the pop quiz. This looks impossible. Yeah, it's. I read it during the break. It's difficult. Just stupid. You're in trouble. Apologies to anybody (laughs) that gets online. That's the first time you've said that before. (laughs) You're in trouble. Good luck here on this September 21st. The sun is starting to come out here on this Thursday morning. Thank you for tuning in. It's a wake-up call. KB... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, You're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. And Andy, pop quiz is next. Have you studied? Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, this week we've had some pretty good some pretty good contestants on the Pop Quiz, I want to say. Scotty made him difficult today. You're going to have to know some stuff today. You're going to have to know some things, KB. That's what they say. You ready to, uh, you ready to roll on this one? Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's go with caller number two today, if you don't mind. The amount of uh, scores the Giants may have tonight, too. <laughs> oh boy, that seems, that seems <laughs> pretty high. Say, yeah, my six points, Steve. Take two points, sir. <laughs> a safety. They'll have a safety on Brock Purdy. Uh, who's caller number two? Steve. All right, Steve. Good morning and good luck. How are you? I'm great. Congratulations on your new on your new child. When Thank do you. you. Start paternity leave. <laughs> I have no idea. Do I start paternity leave? Do I have any paternity leave? I'm looking at KB who's smiling yeah, right now. I, I have I think, absolutely no idea. I think I took a week after Max was born. And I guess you did. I mean, you did I mean, take a couple days took last a couple week. Days. But yeah, yeah I, took, I, w- I would encourage a couple more. I took Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, yeah, I don't know. I think when Mason I, comes home, it's going to be a little bit of a different life. I assume yeah. that's when you're going to start using yeah. the uh, What the hell is going on Yeah, here? what the hell. So, I'm hoping that's going to be uh, in the next you know, few days, next weekend, middle of the week. We, we shall see. Maybe we'll find out but uh steve it's been a while how you been i've been great good what uh what is new what's new uh my my youngest daughter had a child so i'm a grandfather now congratulations congratulations to you look at that everyone's having babies go let's go they do say september is kind of a popular time new year's Mm -hmm. eve you know september 9th is the highest population of births in the United States. You did tell me this, Steve, because Max Bowen was born on September 9th. You did reach out and tell me that, didn't you? That I did. Gosh, Steve, such a brain here. Steve, I think this is one of the dumbest pop quizzes I've ever seen, so I apologize ahead of time for that. All right, but the first one's easy, Steve. You're going to get the first one. Let's start here. Number one, Purdue. Is it easy, though? I think it is. Purdue hosting Wisconsin tomorrow night. Simply put, who leads the all-time series? Purdue versus Wisconsin. That would be Purdue. 
my high school or my junior high fight song was on Wisconsin on Clay Trojans, baby. All right, number two here, Steve. The 49ers of San Francisco face the Giants of New York on Thursday, or is it New Jersey? On Thursday night football tonight in Santa Clara. The Niners and Giants have combined to win nine Super Bowls. How many times have they faced each other in the NFC title game? Never, once, twice, or three times? Never. I always like Steve's conviction. You're killing me, Steve. Number three, the Texas Rangers blasted the Boston Red Sox 15-5 yesterday. It's the 11th game this season that the Rangers have won by 10 or more runs this season. Name the last team to win at least 11 major league games by 10-plus runs in the same season. Is it the 1995 Cleveland Indians, the 1966 Baltimore Orioles, the 1953 uh, 53 Brooklyn Dodgers, Dodgers, or the 1927 New York Yankees? I would go the 1927 New York Yankees. All right, number four here. This is going about as well as I thought it would. Steve, uh, Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks hit his 25th home run and stole his 50th base in Arizona's win over the Giants. He's just the ninth player in MLB history with 25 homers and 50 steals in the same season. Ronald Acuna Jr. has also done it this season. One other player besides Acuna has at least 30 homers and 30 stolen bases this season. Who is it? Is it A, Bobby Witt Jr., B, Julio Rodriguez, C, Francisco Lindor, or D, Fernando Tatis Jr.? That last guy, because he just has a cool name. Yeah, the answer to this one was certainly one celebrated at the All-Star Game this year, the Home Run Derby specifically. You're going with Fernando Tatis Jr.? Yeah. Up. All right, number five. On this day in 1969, Steve O'Neill of the New York Jets recorded the longest punt in NFL history. Within two yards, how long was O'Neill's record punt? 79 yards. Yes, he did any, it. Any relation to Paul O'Neill? Spelling differently? On I that do one, not Scotty? know. How about Shaquille O'Neal? Steve, always enjoy when you give us a ring, but as I thought it would, that went about as well as the Chicago Bears did at work yesterday. Yeah. Does he win something? Okay, so no. I I know, but no, if he, he wins nothing. You know, if you this go, is not participation. Time. I, I was gonna say going zero and five, you got to give him something. I mean that that's that's impressive, is it give not? Him a pat on the back, say thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, he, he can clip out this audio and send it to his grandson okay. and play it for him. Steve, thank you, but thanks, Steve. Yeah. You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser. <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. In my opinion, that sucked. Number one kind of surprises me in that Wisconsin leads the all-time series over Purdue by that big of, of margin, 52-29-8. and eight. Why, I guess? You have to think about it's Purdue football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, why? I, I think like cradle of quarterbacks. It's not like Purdue has been IU football. 
Nobody's been uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's a low, no offense, but that's a, one of the lower standards in the Big Ten. 52 and 29? <laughs> I mean, the fact that they're up, what, 23 games in that series? That that surprised. I, I know Wisconsin recently has really dominated Purdue, but it's not like Purdue has been the laughing stock of college football here. Yeah. And it's not like Wisconsin I, has been the gold standard to college football. A guy did tell me, I told you last week on, on Twitter, he's like, I'm going to take you to Tiller Tunnel and show you what big boy football is all about. <laughs> but that I mean, sounds like code for something I, else. I, mean, I get nervous when I hear that. You got to know Wisconsin's the answer there. And is then, Tiller Tunnel a thing? I, I'm not familiar with this. Is this uh, the new, like, refurbished Ross Aid? Yeah, I so believe. The, is the home tunnel Tiller Tunnel? I believe that is, yeah. Yeah, Got it. where they run out and everything. You play the music and you you carry the American flag out there and like Aaron Rodgers did. This? Somebody you said reach out on Twitter. Bo- Boiler Boy on Twitter, some, something like that. And then the second one killed now me. I'm I mean, more nervous. I mean, you got you got to know that the Niners and Giants have had a couple haymakers in the postseason. <laughs> Do you have to know that? I mean, you got you got to know that they've had they've had some great games. So what have been what Eli and Kaepernick in 2011? Yeah, yeah you got you got to know they've at least played. He went with never. If he goes with once, twice, three times, like I know that he's paying attention. Anyway, 50, thank you for the kind words, Steve. 53 Brooklyn Dodgers, Julio Rodriguez, the longest punt in NFL history. 98 yards. As, as Steve Spurrier used to say about the Kentucky Wildcats, they have a hell of a punter. Scotty, was that a wind-aided? A Did it hit a sprinkler head? What what happened there? It was in Denver, and it bounced. Oh, it was in Denver. Denver. A ball okay. as high Altitude. as a kite. Yeah. Go, Mark. Who was it, Elway, throwing the, uh, what's the Vortex Nerf football? Remember where he threw it over a mountain range? Oh, wow. Tiller Tunnel looks, look, looks See, I pretty told cool. You. Yeah. yeah, look at that. Right, flash this picture up here on the YouTube, actually. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was getting nervous there, but no. Uh, that looks cool. Well, there you go. You got an invite here. That's a Friday night game, right? That's tomorrow night. It is a Friday night game. Purdue and Wisconsin. Has Purdue come out and whined about how it's on the same night as high school football, or was that just a Tom Allen thing? Well, yeah, Purdue's <laughs> just trying to win a home game at this point. But I agree with Tom Allen wholeheartedly on that one. I know uh, you do. What's yeah. the spread on that one? Because I might take Purdue in this one. I would it's assume Wisconsin, Wisconsin by six. Is it that much? Was... Yeah, it's it's six right now. I tell you what, I'll take Purdue in that one. I'll take Purdue Cover plus money the six. Line. Eh, the cover. Let now, me, Wisconsin has not looked good, right? No, they have not looked good. Now they're 2-1. They lost to Washington State. Uh, they struggled against Buffalo. I mean, yeah, they're, they've just been aight. And they, in fact, they haven't been that. They haven't been good at all. Wisconsin's like a six-win they've team. They've been all right, so they haven't been good at no, all. No, they haven't, they haven't been that good. Almost beat yeah, them, I right? mean, Georgia Southern, Buffalo, they didn't blow those teams out. They lost to Washington State. Come on. All right. Well, Andy and Little Gas off the Tiller Tunnel here coming up for a Purdue game this season. A lot of home games in the month of September for the Boilers. We'll see if they can get their first home win coming up on Friday again. IU-Akron, that'll be Saturday night, the final non-con game for the Hoosiers. And, of course, Notre Dame and the Ohio State at 7.30 Saturday night. Nice. I have some sound on the other end. Can I play it for you guys? It. It's like one minute of Mad Dog. If you didn't hear Mad Dog yesterday, I love Mad Dog Russo. He's a sports radio icon, and he laid out his day on what he's going to do watching college football and watching primetime and everything else on Saturday. I think you guys will like it. It's a hell of a Saturday. We'll do that on the other side. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. The Fan. We were talking uh, before about Wisconsin and Purdue, that head-to-head matchup. Again, Boilers and Badgers tomorrow night from ross A. Luke Fickle, the new head coach of Wisconsin. And I was surprised our pop quiz question had Wisconsin, the head-to-head leader, 52-29-8. I said to Andy, I was surprised it's yeah. that big of a margin. The history of the series is really head-to-head, even. The recent is absolute dominance from the Badgers, 6 game winning streak for Wisconsin. Yeah, I would not have thought that, but I mean, again, <laughs> Wisconsin, last couple years hasn't been the 10-win team, but they were they were double-digit win team for seemingly like right. a decade, Historically, right? Historically, not yeah, so much, but yeah. yeah, certainly in the last, you know, whatever, 10 to 15 years, they have had an impressive run. I'm, Obviously, everyone, Purdue fans, don't want me to bring up Kyle Orton against Wisconsin and the Rose Bowl aspirations that year and all of that, but uh, we'll see if the Boilers can get the first home win tomorrow night. I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Luke Fickle. I, I guess I'm not surprised that it's kind of a slow start for him there. I'm not sure exactly what he's having to to turn over. Obviously, they you know went out and got a new coach for a reason. So you'd you'd imagine you know there was a dip and there was a dip in talent there at Wisconsin. There's a great picture that shows all the running backs. You know how Alabama said you know you use Alabama or Georgia these teams where there's like eight guys on it. There's like the two a picture with Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts right or whatever it is where it's like wow there's a lot of NFL talent go look when they had like when wisconsin had like james white uh, monte ball melvin gordon <laughs> melvin gordon i don't know if jonathan, jo- taylor? jonathan taylor overlapped some of those all those running backs were on this same exact team it's absolutely ridiculous all right let's play out this hypothetical just for a second all right let's here, go okay? uh let's say ohio state just has an awful season or i guess you could flip it the other way i feel like there's nfl chatter given his history there that someday ryan day goes to the nfl for some reason, let's say Ryan Day is not coaching Ohio State in 2024, 2025, etc. Uh, they make a call to Luke Fickle or Marcus Freeman? Oh, Ohio State? Uh, d- 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 man, I don't know. I guess I would say Fickle there, right? I mean, obviously two alums. Yeah, That's why yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, I, I would lean Fickle. I mean, Fickle waited his time at Cincinnati, got them to, you know, to the, to the, to the highest of heights, if you will, and then he parlayed that to Wisconsin. He played it perfectly. He waited around and did the damn thing at Cincinnati and then turned that into the Wisconsin job. I guess I would say it would be him, although Freeman, early returns on Freeman are pretty good, right? Especially if he wins on Saturday. I mean, that'd be, what, five wins? Over top twenty-five teams in a year and change, like, four wins. I like. I like. Okay. Come on. Okay. Come on now. Okay. So I get too far ahead of ourselves. Okay. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, yeah, that's what I thought it was. You want this uh, last couple minutes of the show? Action? You want, yeah, I love Mad Dog Russo, and he's on what once, twice a week, whatever it is, with Stephen A. Smith, and he explained. Now I cut this down. This was about two and a half minutes, and I and I cut it in half. But he was explaining his big day, and he mentioned his bookie and uh, who I think is named Fat Rob, which is just a perfect New York Mad Dog. So it's not Hollywood. G- a bookie in twenty twenty three. Yeah, like you don't, you know, you don't have to. 
to do that anymore, but I, he loves the thrill that he might get his legs broken, Mark. That must be what yeah. it is uh, if you're Mad Dog. Different so, strokes for different folks. The the fun part of this, if you go watch this video, Marcus Spears and his reaction to everything that Mad Dog is saying. So this is about a minute five, okay? So take a listen. He's explaining his big day on Saturday. I get a run in. I take the two dogs, Bo and Riley, for a walk. Mm. At about 12 o'clock, I sit down. I make an early cocktail. Uh, cut a gummy in half. What's a gummy? A gummy. I uh, cut a gummy in yeah, half. Keep listening. I uh, cut a gummy in half. We got Florida State Clemson. I like the Florida State quarterback. I do something there. At about 3:25, when I'm sauced, at about, I'm not driving in the house. 3:25, I put the call in the Fat Rob. 718-504. I put the call in the Fat Rob. Rob. Is Fat you know Rob what? the gummy the guy hell? too? I, I can't root for Oregon. All right, and I'll, I'll pretend on TV. Put ten dimes on Colorado. It's try Colorado and Dion. Let's win the game. So by 3:25, I'll be sitting down with my shorts, little T-shirt, cocktail. I have the other half a gummy. Oh, you save it for later? I have half. I half. thought you were just rationing you're swing, it. You go swing the ticket rack while you're doing that. You go back swinging the ticket rack. You're just, you're just swing. extending like, the moment. So by 3:30, I'll be. I have ABC. It's on ABC, right? Yeah. Is this a Fowler game with Herb Street? I'm sure know. it is. I don't know. A Herb Street and Fowler. Well, why wouldn't it's, they be in there? They got to be there. The Colorado Oregon game. Yeah, yeah that's Herb, I, and I love those two. I love Herb Street. Herbie, he watches all the time. He always texts me. <laughs> So he's got the gummy. He's got the cocktail. He'll be practicing his putts around the house, which I imagine you've done a time or two. Who's got it better than him? He's got 10 dimes on Colorado and Oregon. How now, about that? that? A, I, a couple of many questions that I have there. Probably <laughs> smart to space out the taking the full gummy if you're going to make it through you know, some of the night games yeah. that are pretty enticing Almost on Saturday night. his bookie's phone number. 718-504, then he stopped. Is... Uh, <laughs> Is he taking Colorado money line? Aren't they like a three touchdown underdog to Oregon? I, I, they are twenty one point dogs right now. Are they really? Uh-huh. Boy, I tell you, the public is going to bet the hell out of Colorado. And if Oregon wins fifty five to fourteen, Vegas is going to clean up KB. Oh. Uh, the other question I have on 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 that, and obviously the Fat Rob, uh, I'd love to meet. <laughs> Fat Rob with that one. I don't think, and I don't know, maybe no one cares about this. I don't think we're getting Fowler and Herb Street with that Oregon Colorado game. No. That'd be quite the turnaround from game day in oh, South Bend, no. right? To fly out there. Now, Herb Street's, he's flown. I mean, I don't know. Right, but think about but, that just but no. strictly from a flight standpoint. The college game day no. ends at noon in South Bend, Indiana. A flight from South Bend to Eugene you can't is get there what, in time. four hours? No, you can't get there in time. So it's a 3.30 game. For no. kickoff, you're not getting there. Fowler and Herb Street are doing LSU-Arkansas. Yeah, you, you do have a little bit of reservation there and like where you can go with them in terms of East Coast to West Coast when it's not a night game. Yeah, I don't know who we have on that. I don't know if is that is that Joe Tessitore. They just have someone out west, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, Bridge I don't know. McElroy, twenty-one point favorite. The over/under in that game is seventy and a half with Colorado in Oregon. By the way, the three thirty slate. Joe Davis. Ah, there you go. Three thirty slate is a beast. Colorado, Oregon, UCLA, Utah, Ole Miss, Alabama. 
Uh, d- d- I mean, that's a. I mean, those are three games that matter a lot in college football. So, how many ranked games do we have this weekend? Is it five, six, something along those lines? Well, you know, Florida State Clemson's not a ranked matchup. I mean, that's pretty close. Florida, I could see Florida State losing that game. Um, Oklahoma Cincinnati's not interesting. Uh, let me go. Colorado Oregon, that's one. UCLA Utah is two. Ole Miss Alabama is three. Oregon State Washington State six. is four. Yeah, then your game is five in Penn State, Iowa, coming up at 7.30. So there you go. You know, I'll probably just not watch Notre Dame, Ohio State. What I'll be watching hell? Iowa. What? I'll be watching all Iowa. Iowa, Iowa Penn State. Iowa, Penn just, State. I just can't wait for those. Can't thir- wait to watch 12 to 10 just, final score. Just punt on third down, Iowa. Iowa gets to third and 10. They're like, ah, to hell with it. I think I like Notre Dame with the three. I already told you I'm picking Notre Dame in the game. I'm not trying to he's put not a watching, curse. But he's taking them. Yeah, of course. I'm going to be watching Penn State I, and Iowa. At the start of the year, it was 14 points. I certainly took that and was very pleased to see that. I, I don't know. Now I'm nervous when I say it out loud. <laughs> All right, tomorrow we'll recap the second practice of the week. This is the vital one for Anthony yep. Richardson and Ryan Kelly. We'll see their participation level and preview Colts and Ravens coming up on Sunday. Everybody have a great Thursday. Like.